Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 354. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor is back two weeks in a row. Yeah, fourth time in six weeks. It's <laughs> like I'm here permanently. Yeah, don't, don't, don't tempt fate. Uh, hey, hey. Yeah, don't, don't it, it could us. happen again soon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a DC Comics podcast we get together and we talk about the books we read this week coming up on this week's show we have Detective Comics 1071 Action Comics 1054 Green Arrow issue 1, Unstoppable Doom Patrol issue 2 and Matt also read Blue Beetle Graduation Day issue 6 uh, which is kind of weird actually that that's like done months before mm. the movie comes out you think maybe maybe the movie got pushed and it was made yeah coincide but well they wanted to come out with the trade oh yeah okay yeah or, or that too um yeah yeah uh, plus uh, a couple of patreon books from connor uh since he's you know he's here he has to get them in when he's uh when he's on the show so, call the shots yeah we got uh tim drake robin issue seven and undiscovered country issue 24 so that's what's coming up on the show, there's a little teensy weensy bit of news, uh, but that is basically it. It is a yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's still a quieter week, I would say. We 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 only really have one busy week a month right now. I'm sure that's changing over the next couple of months. But which week is that? Week three. Week three. Last week was the busiest week of the month. Mm -hmm. Oh really? It didn't feel like crazy. It wasn't crazy, but it's it's notably the weeks it's one and been... two are like three comics each. It's weeks Ooh. one and two are pretty yeah, pretty quiet. So, uh, uh, you know, but, but hey, we got, uh, we got a new issue one this week. We'll get into that later and, uh, yeah, talk about uh, all the, the DC things. So welcome to the show, everyone. Yeah. Welcome. Yes. Yes. Thank you for welcoming everyone. Well, I wasn't welcoming you. Oh, you, well, you paused long enough. Never welcome you. It was a little bit awkward, so. I, was I didn't know for, what to do. I was going for an awkward comedy beat, but yep. I, I, either it didn't translate or I'm just working with people who just do not understand the language of comedy. Mm, I'm going to go with just, uh, it was just awkward. Yeah. Are you sure that you don't know comedy? <laughs> Ludicrous. How dare you. <laughs> I have been commended <laughs> by many. I've won awards. Name one award you have won. For comedy. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> In the field. It's it's like perfect attendance. <laughs> In the field? I, I was presented in a field. I had an award presented in a field once. Yeah. This Matt's not watched The Last of Us. You've not yeah. heard the, uh, what award did the, did the Scarecrow get? Nope. He was outstanding in his field. <laughs> That's a good joke. That's a dumb pun. I just, it's, uh, I just, I thought of it because we we're talking about fields and awards. Anyway, uh, yes, uh, there's always time for a comicsology <sighs> top ten. Everyone, that's what we're starting I'm, with. I'm not rushing through this week because there's no knights games because the knights already won their series. That would be a disservice to our audience anyway, Matt, to, to rush through because of your stupid, petty little childish sports game. It wasn't petty and childish last week when I was having a heart attack because we were in double overtime. So <laughs> That was rough. Yeah. Okay. 
self-inflicted medical problems sports that's then true. what do you want that's true it sucks i hate carrying this much uh, <laughs> anyway yeah so we're going to look at tuesday's uh, books as of right now in comicsology then we'll have a look at wednesday's as well just to see how the rest of the industry is mm-hmm. doing as well so what do you think number one's dc book is from from tuesday as of right now in comicsology any guesses connor do you want to go first was it somehow batman Tech hasn't been selling great. No, 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 no. Batman. That's just, literally Batman. Just Batman just always sells. I feel like he's made this joke every comicsology top ten. He, he does. I do. Yeah. So. And I'm the one who's accused of not knowing humor. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> I, I know it's a funny, but one day I'll be right. I didn't accuse. I intimated. <laughs> There's a slight difference. I mean, it's rule of threes for a reason. He's on number, well. 354 minus however many episodes he's not been here. <laughs> one, one day it'll be right. Two, doesn't matter how many times I, he, he said it, it was always funny when Alan Davis guessed Blue Whale. <clears throat> That's a reference that I get, but like maybe 1% of the audience might get. Yeah, yeah, well, they should educate themselves. But I, I mean, and, and by watching it's QA, a QI QI, thing, right? Yeah, yeah they QI. will actually educate themselves. It's QI. Um, Anywho, no, no, no. Number one... Uh, Green is, Arrow. is Green Arrow. Green Arrow is number one this week. Uh, number two is Action Comics. Number mm-hmm. three is Detective Comics. Number four is Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods. Uh, oh, yeah, that's all thing. Although, interestingly, it's worded weirdly here. It says Lazarus Planet mm-hmm. 4, Revenge of the Gods, which is just awkward. I don't know. It's just it's not, technically not correct, but I, I see... The words are all there. They're just in a slightly... Yeah, on, on League of Comic Geeks, it's listed as Lazarus Planet, colon, Revenge of yeah. the Gods, number four. So yeah. Number five is Unstoppable Doom Patrol, issue two. Number mm-hmm. six is Tim Drake Robin, issue eight. Uh, number seven is The Riddler, year one, issue four. Number eight is Blue Beetle, Graduation Day. Number nine is DC Ruby. You know, there's not a lot of books out this week when DC Ruby's cracking up <laughs> top ten. Mm. Uh, number 10 is Harley Quinn 29. Just again, Oof. essentially that book does not sell well. Uh, it's, it's weird. So, Free falling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, Detective Comics definitely is. Obviously, it's still relatively high this week because there wasn't a lot of books. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, we can talk about that when we're talking about the issue later uh, as to yeah. why maybe it isn't doing amazingly numbers-wise. But uh, that is the top 10 for DC. Uh, looking at Wednesday, which brings in the rest of the industry. Uh, any mm-hmm. guesses? Um, I'm seeing which which sends the sinister book came out this week. <laughs> See how far down it goes. How many episodes course... has this tactic worked? Because this sends the sinister thing's been going on oh. for so long. <laughs> I know a lot. Um, I'm gonna guess sends the sinister Dominion number one. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Sons of Sinister Dominion is number one. Number two is Daredevil issue ten by Chip mm-hmm. Zarsky. Um, how many times is that renumbered? Because like, there's no way we're only ten Jeez. issues in the issue. <laughs> yeah, no, it's this it's is I think the third time because yeah. it renumbered when there was a new Daredevil, and then when she was done being Daredevil, it went back. It's just so this is at least the third. It's not even got a different. T- it's not even Daredevil Man with No Fear issue ten. It's just right. the same titles before. It's yeah. so annoying. They're just playing with the volume numbers, I'm sure. Uh, uh, number three is in, sorry, Invincible Iron Man, issue five. Number mm-hmm. four is Doctor Strange, issue two. 
Number five is Star Wars Darth Vader, black, white, and red, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, number... Yeah, they're, they're copying the, the, the DC one. Yeah. Aye. How dare they? they did it with, I think they did with Deadpool as well. Marvel filth. How dare you copy <gasps> DC Comics? <laughs> we all know Darkseid was before Thanos, you hacks. True. What's, what's, what's Cara Thanos doing? only exists because Starlin uh, I, was a fan of uh, I am Kirby. changing my headphones because they're dying and I forgot to charge them. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. Shambles. But, yeah, well, let's saw it now. He really is the the Jerry of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's done now. Done. Way to go, Terry. Way to go, Gary. <laughs> They're called rappers, Jerry. That's uh, one of my favorite responses. Uh, yes, for those of you not getting this reference, this is all parts and recreation uh, jokes yep. that are flying right now. But yes, uh, number six is Thor, issue 33. Mm-hmm. Number seven is Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain. Do you know, Captain Britain's such a lame character. You know, I, like, I've never read a single Captain Britain thing, but as someone who is in the UK, nothing makes me cringe more than the name Captain Britain. I mean, I guess it's better and more inclusive than, than Captain England, right? Yeah, but I wouldn't like a character named Captain Scotland either. I think it was lame. No, that's true. I, I always like the idea that, like, there was Union Jack, right? Like that that's a proper superhero yeah, name. Sounds, I'm just you know. I'm just not I'm not into it's the same with you know with wrestlers. I hate when wrestlers just build yeah. their identity on their nationality. I mean, boring. do you think Captain America is silly? I mean I think if that it, fit for the forties, right? Like Yeah, I, like at face value, I do think it's silly, but it's just that he's he gets so much like effort put into him by a lot of good writers and stuff Mm -hmm. that he's kind of overcome it just by sheer brute force. But I mean, yeah, at face value, I think it's a stupid name. (laughs) Fair enough. But I mean, so is Mister Fantastic, right? Like these these are all names that I mean, Mister Fantastic though is at least is like a smug thing. Like I can sort of get why some asshole would think that's a good name for himself. And then he his best friend gets, yeah, and then he needs his best friend the thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It does check out. And Glenn Howerton should play Reed Richards. That makes sense. Again, I could be Mr. Very Fantastic Dennis. and Connor can simply be the thing. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Which I guess makes Matt Sue Storm. Uh... <laughs> uh, wait, wait. No. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> I don't want to be married to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll know. take Mole Man if, if that's the case. I love how you not even said Human Torch is the as a as a more yeah, viable no, option. Fine. The obvious hothead. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah. My joke was that I was intentionally going for the non-obvious one, and then Matt, for some reason, is just ignoring Human Torch. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Uh, number eight is Hulk issue fourteen. Number nine is the Ambassadors issue three. That's a Mark Miller book, and then number ten is Alien issue one of six. So there's a new Alien series by Declan Shelby, and I don't want to say that name. We'll get me into trouble. Uh, oh, you gotta see what it is now. The artist yeah. name. Yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> Let's just say it's a name that sounds like a bad word for a lesbian. Uh, oh, didn't we have this exact person last week? We did. We did. Yes. 
That was All right, so that's not the one. Like... That's not the one on League of Comic Geeks. League of Comic Geeks no? is Andrea uh, Ricardo. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Just someone yeah. else. Someone else. Uh, Declan Shelby is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the cover uh, looks super cool. I so. love the Alien, yeah. obviously, franchise, but uh, yeah. you know, maybe I'll check this out because well, I mean, I, it wasn't. You didn't love it enough to go read the Philip Kenny Johnson book, did you? Yeah, but that was the art, though. There was like one yeah. look at the art, and I didn't want to read it. <laughs> I tried. I tried so hard with it yeah. being on unlimited. Because I, I, I've I enjoyed just... many an Alien comic before. Uh, which, by the way, Freddy Alvarez is making the next movie. We posted a teaser for Alien Day this week. Uh, pretty nifty. That's, a, that's exciting. Into it. Uh, yeah, because we did uh, Alien Resurrection on uh, the Ace this week. Because we, we've been doing an Alien movie every Alien Day since we started the show. So mm-hmm. you know, this was our fourth one. So we did Alien Resurrection. So we got two left. Uh, oh no! And then we'll just have to do random other alien things that aren't related yeah. to the franchise. I don't know. Uh, there's, there's plenty of them. Yeah. Uh, but Prometheus next year. Hey. Uh. <laughs> really looking forward to Covenant the year after. I yeah. do still need to watch uh, Prey, to be fair. Oh, Prey's good, though. Prey is. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It actually mm-hmm. looked good, unlike yeah. everything else. Yeah. Actually, probably I won't wait two years for Covenant, because I think we'll probably have to do Covenant before the new one comes out, assuming that that hits before Alien Day 2025. Is that yeah. the Japan one? Like, like Prey, but Japan. No, 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 Covenant. He's talking about Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant. Yeah. Oh, that's all wrong with yeah. Predator stuff. I missed yeah. is no, no, that, no. that That is coming at some point, right? Uh, it's not an official thing yet, no. Oh, no. is it not? Oh, okay. Uh, there, there was a lot of fan speculation and stuff, but mm-hmm. there's no... Uh... Yeah, I saw a lot of talk about it, so I just assumed... No, no, nothing official for another Predator yet, but uh, hopefully we get something at some point. But... Yeah, I mean, Prey was very well received. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, there's an alien show in the works as well uh, from Noah Hawley, plus the Fede Alvarez mm-hmm. movie. So. Oh, I forgot about that show. That's been going for a while now. It's got. It's because he's finishing Fargo season five before he works on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so. sounds right. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's to top ten. Uh and your alien talk because alien is great and any excuse really uh not that i really want to talk about some of the, the later movies that much but <laughs> still worth bringing up um yeah so there's a little bit of news um one thing specific to comics and then one thing sort of more uh extended media uh so there's a couple of books announced uh this week uh for donna dc we're still using that kind of line for all the new books that are coming out this year um so first up we have a power girl book uh which obviously mm-hmm. is spinning out of the the, uh, the special, special. Uh, the special mm-hmm. but also the backup that we've just had in, mm-hmm. yeah. in action as well so uh, Dif- different artists though too so maybe people also maybe try to warm back up yeah hate it instantly. that's yeah. a shame writer leah williams yeah. with artist eduardo pansica mm-hmm. uh will mm. uh, be doing that that's a lot less exciting like pansica's fine yeah. it's not bad but it's not the same as was it savage before where it was yeah like, it's all like it's i mean very stylized and yes. it's just like okay it's it's another house style book yeah the um the savage stuff gives it a more dreamlike kind of vibe which helps with the story they're telling but i just think it, it it stood out and i think again like Pansika's is fine but it's very much mm-hmm. oh it's another house style book yeah. which is just it's just always less less exciting than yeah. having 
someone a bit more unique, e even if it's not someone that you really like that much. Because mm -hmm. I, I don't think Pete would say it's objectively bad, just not his taste. Yeah, but I may actually read this, so I mean, for me, it's a, just subjectively yeah. a better choice. <laughs> oh, but it's a less, it's it's a more boring choice. Yeah, but boring, but palpable. <laughs> I mean, I like Pansika, so, you know, I, I, I've never I, been disappointed would, by Pansika. I would rather there be a book that was, you know, a bit more unique, that it doesn't hit for absolutely everyone, than, oh, here's another middle of the road, just, it's going to look know, the I same mean, as every other book. In general, I agree with that, but it is, it's kind of, you put me into a weird position when arguing this when it's a book that doesn't work for me. Like, would I rather have a book that... I mean, not that I'm that fussed. Like, I, I like if I don't want to read this, it's fine. Like, other people can have it. But if we're talking about specifically getting me interested in reading it, then, uh, yeah, like Pansika is a better choice. But I, I mean, I agree with the sentiment in general, though. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just happy this is getting an ongoing. I, I thought it was weird after the uh, the backups that it was just mm -hmm. getting just a one shot and that was it. So yeah. surprised. I, I don't know if they're. They've come back to it after hearing some of the reception, maybe, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, yeah, maybe there is enough interest well, for it." For yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Williams wrote it um, with Savage in mind, and then maybe Savage couldn't make it work because of the ongoing. So that's maybe. why. But I mean, you feel like the the one shot's gonna wrap up the Johnny Sorrow stuff. So, and then we'll we'll jump on to more Power Girl, um, as the main character more. So, because it feels like it's gonna be a little bit different. Judging from what what they're saying here, so, uh, but I'm excited nonetheless. So, yeah, the other book is a Fire and Ice Welcome to Smallville by Joanne Stater and artist Natasha Bustos. Mm -hmm. uh, so, the two eponymous heroines find themselves forced to lay low in Superman's hometown after a disastrous incident in Baltimore puts them under intense scrutiny. To the point where they are even considering calling AC's ex-boyfriend Guy Gardner for help. Um, interesting. I wonder, do you think they've these two have had a bit more popularity because of the Human Target book? I, yes. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first thought. I think and, and, there's, there's obviously there's, there's a certain audience that have been a fan in general. Kind of mm -hmm. probably, you know, since the, the JLI days. Yeah. Uh, and anyone who's kind of gone back and read that run typically likes them as characters, but they've never been particularly prominent. And it, it seems weird otherwise that, oh, yeah, yeah, right after they were just in the uh, in the spotlight in a book that was, you know, read by quite a lot of people mm -hmm. and pretty well received, then they suddenly get a book. Yeah, I think that's too much of a coincidence otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and considering that Ice has, has been dead for a while, right, comes back to prominence. But, like, the last time I remember reading Fire and Anything before was in uh, Checkmate, where she was uh, an agent for them. So, you know, so it's the, been a while. The, the Bendis stuff recently? No, no, no. Oh, uh, going back to, like, Rucker. Going back to the Rucker Checkmate. So. Oh, okay, yeah. But, yeah, so I mean, it would be, you know, weird if it was just by itself. But we'll see what Star does, though, too, because Tom King writing these two characters might be a completely different vibe than what's, what's here. But it sounds fun. I mean, them, them hiding out in Smallville. Yeah, I'm not familiar with either of the team, but me neither. I'm open to to trying that book. Yeah, I'm not familiar with them either, uh, the team, but I am intrigued enough with these characters. Like, I mean, yes, yeah, is the thing that like, for me, having not read JLI, um, 
I don't really know if I care much about Fire as of yet, because she, she yeah. was obviously less featured than Human Target, but Ace definitely, yeah. I'm more invested in as a character, just because that made her very well, interesting to me. Yeah, and and I mean, even if you don't know much about them, just the idea of Fire and Ice being such good friends, right? Like, you know, how their whole powers don't complement each other. There's that whole dynamic there, too. One's the hothead, one's the more, you know, reserved, if they're going off of that, so... Yeah, it does say at the bottom of this article that DC have not specified if either are ongoings or limited series. They both feel like limited oh. series to me, but... I wonder yeah. if these are, like some other recent books, limited mm. until proven otherwise. Like Poison Ivy, right? <laughs> Innocent yeah. until proven guilty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which uh, I, I, don't, I don't think is a terrible model. I mean, even... That's not bad, no. Even like the, the Swamp Thing that we well, had before from Ravi. Was it, yeah, wasn't uh, Green Arrow supposed to be a mini? Yes, that was a six-issue mini when it was announced, and now I'm pretty sure it's an ongoing just because of right. orders on the first couple issues. Yeah, because the, I was talking to my comic shop owner, and he goes, oh, this is an ongoing? I thought it was a, a mini. I go, yeah, I thought it was a mini too. He goes, this doesn't say one of on the cover. I so. think it's, it's fine to a point. My only concern is that I would want like the creators to have a solid plan for either eventuality. Mm-hmm. From... From my understanding, they mostly pitch it as here's the six issue plan, and if it you know if it goes well, here is my plan for more, um, and kind of DC kind of have that under consideration when they're you know looking at the sales. I got, yeah, I guess the question is, is and it probably varies from example to example, is like, what does that end up feeling like? Like the, some of them I could see feeling more like. Oh, this is a good six issue story that's more like it's a I'll compare it to a movie that might get a sequel where you don't really feel mm-hmm. that bad if it doesn't get one. You may have wanted one, but it's not a big deal. But then right. sometimes it might feel more like, oh, this was season one of a TV show that was clearly had more planned that they'll never get to do because you know, it just didn't work out. So, I mean Obviously the obviously, former yeah. is always better than the latter just because if you know if it doesn't go through, obviously if it gets to keep going, then the latter can be great. What are but... the ones you've had so far? Uh obviously Poison Ivy, I would say, definitely felt like, hey, no, that could have been six issues. Mm. Yep. But I'm, I'm glad it's not. Swamp Thing, I would actually argue the opposite. I think if it didn't get those last six, like, it was still great, but I think those yeah. last six made it. Like, they made the, the it. The last six are why you read the first ten. Yeah. Right? So, um... Yeah. I, I do one of those, I feel like he probably knew early enough that he just moved his ending later. Right, because where it ended at the end, you know, the end of that last six. I mean, it gets the back half of that. It gets a lot more introspective and heady than I mean, it gets pretty introspective and heady through those first ten. But you know, when we're yeah, talking about I, yeah, and I'm not I'm know, not arguing against this model. Like, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of potential with it, and it gives mm-hmm. books a chance. I, I'm just you know, I'm just looking at the pratfalls of when it doesn't work out but the yeah. book was good just because it wasn't selling well yeah. or, you know whatever 100 percent green arrow doesn't have a plan at past six, issue six. Oh, maybe past <laughs> issue four but more on that later <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, ah williams yeah i mean our, our, uh... i don't want to get ahead of stuff i know there wasn't a lot of news but the the tom king tweet about his nightwing plan right Oh, sure, yeah, like, we can talk about this. Yeah, his original plan when Dick got shot was obviously mm-hmm. different from what ended his, up His, his pitch, not, not plan, because plan implies right. it was oh, in motion. Sure. Some right, degree. his well, pitch. The pitch was is that mm-hmm. Dick would only be out for like six to maybe 12 issues tops, mm-hmm. and that Tim Drake would become Nightwing in the meantime. Uh, and they would they would bond and over, you know, 
Tim helping Dick get back up on his feet and Which, recover. Honestly, is a showpiece to sort of elevate Tim mm-hmm. a little bit and give him the spotlight and sort of right. have them be more like brothers for a while. It didn't sound that bad. I I kind of yeah. hate it as a as a Tim fan because I think that's yeah. the opposite of what Tim should Tim should never be stepping into Dick's shoes as a Robin. He he spent his entire time as Robin being like, I'm not that right, guy. And- I'm not that Robin. I'm right, and, and I understand where you come from because as a as a Tim guy as well. However, I can see what King would do with that conflict of yeah, I mean, him I'll, not wanting to. You yeah, know? I I can defend this easily. It's for mm-hmm. me the whole point is is that it's not something he wants to do, but he right. he will take the burden in the same way that Dick didn't really want to become Batman, but he took that burden right. as well. I think Tim, knowing that it's not permanent as well, would right. take the role for a time because he feels like he should, not because it's something that he seizes his end goal. Right. I think two things. One, I was just about to compare it to the uh, you know, you know, Dick taking the cowl, and yeah. that makes us feel even more redundant, because kind of already did. it's the exact same story beats, it's the exact same character mm-hmm. beats, just on Tim instead of Dick, which again, is something I hate of, oh, let's just take Dick's stories and give it to Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of hate it for that. Yeah, but and... is this worse, worse than Rick Grayson? No. No. But so I'm just wondering about if these pitch if this style that we were just talking about with the fire and ice book was around when you know the other guy was in charge, how different things would be, right? Because like maybe maybe the whole Rick Grayson thing gets thrown out there in, in a mini or something, and we, we keep the Nightwing book going with this Tim story. I don't yeah. know. Oh, that's uh, the thing, because Ben Percy replied to that tweet saying he yeah. went, because he was writing Nightwing at the time when he left, and yeah. he basically just left DC when he left Nightwing, mm-hmm. that was it, that was him gone. He said, I went another, another way. But So it yes. sounds like, you know, the yeah. plans that, that were imposed upon him with mm-hmm. Dick are kind of what made him want to leave, at least partially, yep. maybe not the whole sole reason, but certainly. No. Well, like, and now he gets to write an actual Wolfman and Wolverine, so. Yeah. He would know. not be the only writer to have had problems with high-up editorial in yeah. DC at that time to leave the company entirely for years. Right? Yeah, and obviously he can come back. Obviously, he's got a lot of books at Marvel right now, so he's busy. But yeah. in the same way that Mark Wade, all of a sudden the door was open again once a certain mm-hmm. didio-headed monster left, yeah. the, left yeah, the scene. Ex- exactly. So, but I just I just think that, you know, and we're only talking about how many years ago at this point? Four? Three? Three? Four? Three, four? Yeah. So, it was pre-pandemic, right? So it's got to be four. Yeah, so like... Just thinking that Jesus. and how they're doing things now. <laughs> I'm, just, yeah. I'm just marveling at how much time has passed since we started yeah. the show. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> no, I mean, so, someone said something to me the other day. I went, oh, yeah, three years ago during pandemic. I was like, oh, my God, that was already three years ago. Just stop. Yeah, I mean, I saw, when I was looking for news and newsarama, there was a thing saying, on the 10th anniversary of Iron Man 3, that's ex- I was like, 10th so, anniversary? Mm. <laughs> of Iron that Man hurts. 3? That hurts. Three? Oh, do you know what? No, I, I remember going to say I was in, was in college. I distinctly remember going into the cinema with a friend and being like, eh, if, even if the movie's shit, there'll probably be some nice ACDC to listen to. And then there wasn't even no. one. Yeah, but the movie for, for the record, it was the best of all the Iron yeah, Man movies. Yeah, it's the movies, best Iron Man but, movie. But... Like, by far. Yeah. But it, 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 was not... just, it was the way I was so confident walking Which in. Which I know is but... not a popular opinion. There's going to be people listening to this and going, are you crazy? No, Iron Man 3 is better than 1 and 2. Easily. It's not even a yes. competition. Yeah. Even, even, even I, who hate that reveal and hate what the story does at the end in the last act, the, the first two acts are better than anything in either Iron Man. Oh, I, I still don't 
love the movie in the same way that mm-hmm. I don't really care for any of the Marvel movies in general. But <laughs> Connor, like, I like, think they're all kind of shit, but this one's less shit than the rest of them. Well, basically. But hey, that's basically what I just said about Tom yeah. King's pitch. It's like, hey, yeah. it's still shit. It's less shit than Rick Grayson, but it's still shit. I mean, and that's, that's how I feel about Iron Man 3. Yeah, but I mean, obviously after that was uh, Shane Blackman did the nice guys, which is fantastic. So. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, and everyone should movies. watch that movie if they haven't. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then he, was somehow... talking, he was he was talking to the mermaids, <laughs> and then somehow he did the predator, which was uh, let's not talk awful. about it because that was also one of the um, background talent. That's a whale thing. So, um, yeah. Anywho, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's Power Girl, Fire and Ice, and mm-hmm. sorry, Power Girl, and also Fire and Ice, right? Which the Fire and Ice book will start as a backup in the special. So. If you're interested in that, make sure you, well, you in, check in the, the Power Girl. In the Power Girl special? And the, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the one-shot special is a backup teasing the, yep. the other stuff. Okay. So these two Which are will be like a zero. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's, all, that's all fine and well. Uh, these are both hitting September 5th. So these will be both be week one books in September. So. Uh, good. Hey, you, you were saying you wanted more more books on, on, yeah. on weeks one. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, well, it, and they're and they're female-led, female-written books too, right? Which like, is also nice. Um, right? I will say, uh, just keep in mind, September I think is the second half of all the Night Terrors bullshit. So, oh, oh, so so depending on how the first half goes, you might not be reading anything. No, it may be a really quiet <laughs> month if we really hate the first half this of Night Terrors. Is, this is where Pete goes. What have I been reading? Let's get into the apps. <laughs> <laughs> so. There you go. That's just your uh, your comics news. Uh, but there is a little bit of uh, DC TV related news uh, this week. So we already knew about part of this, which was that uh, Prime had picked up two seasons of Batman: The Cape Crusader. This is the the animated series show mm-hmm. produced by uh, Reeves and Abrams and all that, and it's got uh, Tim on board and Brubaker's on the right Brubaker, and stuff. Yeah. So very excited for that. But there was also a, like an extra thing they've ordered this week. So they've ordered a movie which is also going to spin out into another animated series. Right? Okay. So it's an animated movie called Merry Little Batman. I'm in. <laughs> so Merry Little Batman. The project will be a holiday movie revolving around a young Damian Wayne, Bruce Wayne's son, and one of the Robins in the comics. I mean, obviously this is all nothing to us beyond all of this, but... Uh, alone in the Wayne, Wayne Manor on Christmas Eve, he becomes Little Batman to protect his home and Gotham from supervillains and criminals alike who have designs on the holidays. Regular shows uh, make Roth the Rex, while Teen Titans goes, Morgan Evans has written the screenplay, Roth and, Reg- uh, and Register Executive produce. So we're getting basically Damien does Home Alone in the Wayne Manor when he was. I was hoping I- it was going to be Damien versus Santa. That's the animated show. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't obviously care about Christmas movies, but uh-huh. I am all for actually taking, you know, Batman and other characters and actually you know making kids animated shows. Oh that, sure. That, uh, you know, because obviously you know the the, uh, the Cape Crusader is very much an adult animation. Now they ask for adults, yeah. So I'm I'm you know all for them kind of having. Hey, let's do one one for each audience. And there is a screenshot of this movie with the article, uh, which mm. de- definitely gives you a kid-friendly art style. D- Damien yeah. looks like Dennis the Menace or some shit. Um, mm. So, uh, you can, yeah. I assume you mean UK Dennis the Menace as well. Probably. I'm not familiar with the US Dennis the Menace. Uh, oh, that's why I instantly pictured. 
Uh, so, so the, the show that will spin out of this is called Bat Family, uh, and that'll follow on for the film and focus on Batman, Alfred, and Damien. Uh, so now officially referred to as Little Batman. So Damien's not Robin in this; he's Little Batman. <laughs> I love it. Uh, they, alongside intriguingly referenced few newcomers to Wayne Manor, will navigate the fun and frustrations of life as a super family. In the series, both Register and Jace Ricci will executive produce. So, you're getting you get, a new, very kid-friendly, Damien-focused animated movie then show. Do you guys remember that issue of, I think it was Batman and Robin, it was right around the time Damien died, and it had, like, a young Damien wearing... Yeah. full-size cowl. Look, mm-hmm. look, mommy, I'm the bat. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing as this entire show, and I'm there for it. <laughs> I mean, oh, I just saw what the animation looks like, and I don't know if I'm a fan that much. Alfred looks like a ball sack that's seen better yeah. days. Uh, but it's definitely Maybe got a, it looks better in motion. It's definitely got a style. Um, yeah. yeah. Bruce has got a, a hefty... Well, I think that's Bruce with the, the beard, but I don't know who else it would be. And a, and a little-esque chin. He's he's answering the bat phone. Yeah, oh. lumberjack Bruce. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Actually, that's stupid. I love it. Now that I've said Alfo's cabal sack, I've just noticed his nose being very long, and now it's just adding to the image. There you of go. Old man genitals. All <laughs> right. Uh. So, yeah, some animated projects. So yeah, again, Prime's for some reason swooping in and doing all the DC animated stuff now. I wonder if this is part of. It's obviously Max. Didn't mm-hmm. want uh didn't want this in the first place. Mm-hmm. The kids want especially I can see you know they're, they're aiming at adults. They don't want to dilute their brand, so to speak. They can't give it to like competitors like you know Disney Plus for example because they're too much of a direct competitor. Whereas Amazon do all sorts and they're a bit more neutral comparatively. That would be funny though if like the new kids Batman show was on Disney Plus. It wouldn't be out of place on there though. And but, alternatively, they could do like the the new gritty R rated like Punisher movies on Max. <laughs> just just start swapping <laughs> all the R rated stuff and go to Max. All the kiddie stuff and go over to Disney Plus. Just swap. Honestly, we're we're starting to see streaming services actually sell their content to other places. Oh yeah, on mass, like everyone's doing it now, pretty much. I, I I don't think it's actually that much of a stretch anymore to think that we we could get the stupid gritty Punisher version on. Do you know, I'm going to say something here, and I, I, I'll say this about very few subjects when it comes to Zaslav, but there's a quote this week, I think from CinemaCon or somewhere else, where he said, we don't believe in direct-to-streaming movies, and honestly, given the quality of 99% of direct-to-streaming mm-hmm. movies, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, treat your it's, movies like they're prestigious. They're, it's they're, not they're, just yeah. him this week. There was someone at Paramount, there was someone at mm-hmm. Universal, all of them are kind of making similar comments of, yeah, we tried it, it, it didn't really work out. I think one of them said, oh, you, you can't make internet, you know, movie stars on a on a streaming service, yeah. well, only in the cinema. That, that's the thing there. That that movie came out on Apple this past week or so, uh, the Chris Evans and, and the Armas no, movie. Yeah. And it, again, much like a lot of these movies, it looks like the most bland, just generic movie. That ha- yeah, it's got a couple of relative stars in it, but it just looks yeah. like a nothing I, movie. I so- watched that one scene of them on The Exorcist stairs, and I, I swear it looks like they weren't even on set together. Like the way it's shot, so like it's my, constantly one, one back and forth. My my wife is the biggest Chris Evans fan I've ever met, and we still have not watched this, so it keeps getting pushed. So. I get an ad, uh, I get an advert for it every time I try and watch Ted Lasso. Yeah, I'm it, like, 
yeah, I don't ever want to watch this movie. Honestly, it's just, it's like there's such a streaming. It's very different to the old days where you had directed video in the nineties, yeah. right? That had a, a feel to it, but this is very different. Where I think of this movie, I think of like Red Notice with uh, The Rock. I think, I th- of, I think yeah. of um, <laughs> I can't even remember the names, but I just all these like Netflix original movies or original movies that go to all these various places, like they all have this just very kind of sterile like safe thing what was they what, feel disposable yeah what was that action movie that came out on netflix like a year or two ago um, extraction extraction no it's not that one it's the one with, with hands the one with uh, it was in it it was like a team of guys it was ben affleck in it maybe ben affleck was in it oh with um with uh god with Cody Cameron too it was like the yeah it was the heist yeah, yeah. yeah, there was. I don't know, but they all. I watched it and I don't. I f- no, I feel like I watched that yeah. movie. No, I mean, Oscar Isaac in a heist. That sounds familiar. But the fact that we can't between the three of us. Right, there's everything <laughs> so disposable right now, and then Tri- Triple Frontier. Yeah, like Oscar Isaac and Charlie Hunnam. Yep. Right. So, and the ones that do end up being better are ones that weren't designed. Like Prey was great, but Prey was originally designed you know it was shot as if it was going to be a theatrical movie one of the only ones that i'm aware of that i don't think Mm -hmm. had any designs for a wide into wide theatrical release Mm was uh coda from apple yeah obviously they released it you know for considerations yeah yeah they they, they did it's very limited release just so it could be eligible i mean there's no reason why a movie made for a streaming set because there's no reason because a lot of because that's look at say horror movies right yeah, horror movies typically can be made for quite cheap. There's no reason why a, a horror movie on a budget that can go straight to streaming should be any feel any different from one that goes to theaters. But somehow they all just like pivot <laughs> into this mm-hmm. like safe, bland mold. It's weird. Yeah. It is weird. Well, I think it happens a lot with action movies too because I yeah. feel like yeah. those might be product uh, uh, more expensive to produce. Yeah, so but like horror movies are, as far as movies go. Yeah. They're about as cheap as it gets, right? Oh, yeah. there's so like when when I'm in a mood and I want to watch a horror movie and I'm going to look for stuff that I haven't seen that's like deep holes. You know the stuff that that Tim and Pete, you know, will talk about. There's just so much horror, you know, that's getting produced, and a lot of it's not probably worth a watch, you know. Oh, but, but there's a high volume, and then there's a good yeah core of stuff that is worth watching, right? There? And and you start looking for the names that you know you can trust, and, say, and even if only one percent of it's good, because right. there's so much of it, right? Yeah, yeah. still enough. But you, you start to look at all this Netflix, Amazon, all that type of actiony stuff, you know, here like Triple Frontier in Red Notice, and it all just feels very much the same and disposable. And it's like, well, we already watched that. You know, it, like, like, I I know I watched Triple Frontier. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it being. Bad. I don't really remember it was much fine. Of it at all. I remember it being I was fine at the height. time. I love Oscar Isaac. I watched it and I forgot that I had even that it even existed. And literally until you started talking mm-hmm. about this, I, I would yeah. never yeah. ever have gone, Yes, I've seen this movie. Yeah. Well, like, it, just what came to when, mind. It was, when, it was like I just I remember it being advertised a lot for like a week. Yeah. And then it goes away. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's just gone. Well, and that's I feel like that's a lot right now, and that's just the the zeitgeist and where we are and why I like, you know, you know, I know you, I don't know about Connor. I know like Pete's not a big fan of the, the star Wars stuff on Disney plus, but it keeps people talking for seven weeks, you know, and uh, it's, it's and it not something as good now. Like you do want to champion and sort of like say, no, this actually does hold mm-hmm. your interest. It's, it's memorable. It's... Watch Andor folks. Or um, even last of us. Right. Yeah, last like of I still us... haven't watched it, yeah. but people were talking about it for weeks. 
on end and when it ended people you know people had opinions about... they had something even if it was a bad opinion yeah. at the end they had something to say about it <laughs> right know? so Which you is... know and and i like that versus when you drop something all at once and then it just goes out the window what, and what was the last marvel show on disney plus because i don't remember so uh, much about any of them recently was miss marvel before she held yeah miss marvel was i still haven't seen miss marvel there's been nothing um, since she I feel that was a while ago now. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, I yeah. don't know if I've just not heard anything in a while or if they're slowing down. I think they're, I think they're slowing down. Well, I, I think uh, uh, I... Feige did say it, Matt. We've been pumping out too much stuff. We're going to try and bring the quality <laughs> yeah. up yeah. and point yeah. it yeah. down. Yeah, which, please. Which is good. That's a good mantra to have. Yes. We'll see if it bears fruit. But... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that said, I, I enjoyed She-Hulk, but that's because it was so different and it was this half-hour show that did leave me wanting more when it was over, you know, versus just something that I felt like I had to watch because it's part of the next thing so i if they do slow down let, let them take chances uh, I, with something like she hulk the thing is is that a lot of what we're talking about here it just feels like content they want more content mm -hmm. here's some content watch the content huh? engage with the content have some more content <laughs> like that's right actually while we're on streaming stuff this is just tangentially related but i've yeah. got nowhere else to talk about this and i want to bring it up so uh -oh. Right, so you remember the Zack Snyder movie, Army of the Dead? You know, the zombie I try movie. not to, because I still haven't seen it. In the, the Netflix my... one, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right, so... It's not very good, right? I mean, I'm, not, it's not, I'm not talking about the quality of the movie, though, here. The, the, this is the thing. So when I watched this movie, whatever I did... Probably like two years ago now. There, yeah, was, a, I, I, there was a thing that was bugging me. I thought my TV was broke, right? Or not broke, but I thought I had a dead pixel. <laughs> and I had a dead pixel... Because there was this, every so often there I'd see like a, you know, just the, you know, that red or whatever color you get when you've got a dead pixel mm -hmm. in the middle of the screen. And it was really bugging me. But when I turned it to other things, it went away. It's like, okay, well, whatever. Maybe it's just, you know, Netflix is glitching. Who cares, right? No big deal. I handle it for one thing. I just, I saw an article this week talking about it. <laughs> Zack Snyder filmed the movie with a camera that had a dead pixel so it's not just like a one-time glitch like if you watch army of the dead not every shot but every shot from this one particular camera has a dead pixel in the exact same spot and he, he never noticed uh, i don't i don't know like i think there's conflicting reports if he decided not to care or if no one knew or or, or whatever it was but how i i, I like okay he prides himself on being a very visual guy yeah. right that's that's like his his thing it's his style so, so he should be noticing things like that but here's, here's the thing i get when you're you're doing a movie and you're directing and there's a lot going on but like how does no one on the the special effects side editing any of the visual side not catch that well, it's, too, it's too late by that point yeah you've shot like it I think at best you would be like, okay, we you do some test shoots and you know it's the test shoots. Uh, next stage is you shoot a day with the camera and you look at the dailies and someone notices right. it and says, hey, we have to, you know. I think uh, like, or you say it gets to like VFX and color grading and stuff. If it, do you say it was red? It's dead pixel, or is it like, or is it just? I mean, I'm just going from memory. I, th I mean, I want to say it because no, because because that's what I mean. So okay, so it's not like when you've got a dead pixel on your screen where it's just your light is bleeding through. Hmm. If it's a dead pixel on the image, it's a set color, right? Because it's what's in there. Mm -hmm. Could they not essentially just that's, chroma key it out? Like this one particular shade? Uh, that's that's, 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 that's my point. It's like, from, from what I understand in production and stuff, there's, there's people that handle that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, like, that's part of their job is in quality control. Oh, and actually, so, on this, I don't know if it was the, the camera itself or the lens that had the 
the dead pixel. It may have been the, the lens rather than the... Okay, but either way, once it gets to the post laser, okay, it's this one... It, it, it'll be a consistent effect the entire way through because it's... Yeah. Could you not... Yeah, yeah, that's well, bizarre. It's a because he shot it with like a fancy 8K. Yeah, of course he did. Because yeah. uh, because it was an interesting thing. Because you know how he did uh, just his Justice League cuts in four by three because he wanted to use the full height of the IMAX ratio and all mm-hmm. that shit. Um, IMAX specifically tell filmmakers that well, yeah, we can we present things natively in that aspect ratio. The screens in the IMAX are so big that they recommend not putting any important detail at the top or the bottom because you only sort of see it in your periphery, you know, up or down. Because yeah. it's that, that the whole idea is that it completely goes outside your vision range right. and make you feel like you're in the image. It's a good job it never really released in an IMAX theater, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so he's using the full height of it. That, that's, that's why movies that get shot in IMAX, you know, or have scenes that are in IMAX shape can be easily cropped for regular theaters right. or TV screens because they're kind of shot with all the important stuff is still framed in right. normal. It's it's kind of no different to like old old school like you know I say old school like relatively by, you know by today's sense old school shooting where the changeover between four three and sixteen nine was happening on TV. And okay, they were shooting TV in in sixteen nine, but hey, there's there's a lot of people still watching on four by three, so we'll we'll make sure that this is really safe to work around. Yeah, yeah, uh, but that was only a transitionary thing for a little bit because obviously it was always going to get to a point where everyone was. Yeah, but I, I, I wonder if it's kind of the same kind of vibe behind the camera mm-hmm. of them working, you know, to to th- those scenarios. Just hey, okay, this is going to you know work great in this specific moment, but long term, let's let's plan it out. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're Zack Snyder and just do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> I just—it doesn't make me wonder though. If, like the top and the bottom are just periphery. I'm just thinking of all the effects, like artists working on like Avatar or something like that, and be like, yeah. all the effort get into all the CG. And you're like, the why? Top and the why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. Well, with Cameron, you know, it's one of those things where he he hypes them up and was like, look, it's very important for the quality of this film that this well, gets all done. More importantly, I hope he bloody pays him well with the amount his yeah. films make. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure he does. The the movie, you know. But, I, I'm pretty sure, Carter. You you once said to me you didn't expect Avatar two to m- cross a billion. And I did not. Here we are, two point three something billion. I, I, no, I I stand corrected. I even now I am shocked that it. That, I, I am. I was convinced it was. Oh, I was at a big three D boom. It was. Mm. You know that was what drove it. You do I not bet against I, I James d- Cameron. I don't know. I don't know anyone who actually cared to go and see this movie, but it made the money somehow. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure there were all real people in those seats. But <laughs> Cameron's developing theories. digital people. <laughs> He's paying for himself just to prove a point. Uh, here, here's the thing: uh, the people I do know that did see it, they they just love that world. Like there's something about Pandora, and the Navi, and the natural. Like hey, uh, I'm happy I, for him. I'm just, yeah, me too. It's so wild to be. You know, so good. I uh, know. I I. Uh... Yeah, I like to bring up that dead pixel thing because I don't know where else I was going well, to just, vent about it. <laughs> who would have guessed the, the guy that didn't care enough about the DCU to get it right would have a dead pixel in his Netflix film? Yeah, but the one thing he usually cares about, like Connor I said, know. is the visuals. So it's weird that there's like a weird technical fault. Also, they that. had to delete a an actor from that movie and shoot it with a completely different actor. Yeah, that's not because his fault, of, though. That's... No. So I'm sure he had other things. Sure, yeah. Not not to defend him that much, 
I'm sure he had other things going on. Yeah, I didn't know that so, when I watched it and then was told afterwards that Tig Nataro got added in to replace yep. someone else problematic and I went, huh. <laughs> Almost makes me want to watch the movie again and just sort of see if I can tell how tacked on she is. But, yeah. but, but not would. enough to actually want to no, watch no, it again. No, yeah, no, of course yeah. not. I mean, look, I love Batista. I'll watch most movies season. I watch My Spy, right? <laughs> <laughs> you might be the only person in the world who can say that. Yeah, right? I, I, ain't, I ain't watching it. That one, Army of the Dead. No, thank you, sir. Uh, I think I watched My Spy. Yeah, <laughs> I remember getting trailers for that. Mm-hmm. Did you watch uh, the Chaperone Matt when it came out? No, but I don't like Triple H. Okay. Seeing that? Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even mention who was in it, and you just said Triple H. Of course, he's in it. Why else? Yeah. Why else would you think yeah. of him? Yeah. Well, I thought I didn't, maybe Batista was in it. And I missed that. No, 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 but, no, no. I was just, yeah. I was just bringing up another wrestler-led movie gotcha. that was about a kid. Yeah, no, no. Also seen that. You know, no chaperone, but I just know that it's it's a joke. You know, people bring him bring up to Hunter or Tooth Fairy. Uh, is that one of Rock's Tooth Fairy? Yeah, I did. I saw that. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I didn't see it in theaters. I saw the gameplay in the theaters, but yeah. <laughs> also, went and saw Escape to Rich Mountain because of the Rock. So I kind of learned to stop doing this. Yeah, I you won't. So, like, what's the other stupid rock? It's one of the ones Rampage? that was based on a game. Yeah, Rampage. You oh, like yeah. that for some reason. No, I did not like it. I like the ending, but... Because uh, <laughs> was an ape in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I want to get a fist pump from a gorilla. He's a, he's like... a, he's a simple man, please. Let's just leave it at that. Well, let's talk about comics then, shall we? Mm-hmm. Detective Comics 1071 with a Ram V rating, and there was a lot of ours, so I didn't write them down. We'll just... Look, I'll tell you them in a second when I see the page. Uh, so, uh, there's at least three artists on the main story. Story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So... Yeah, so this issue is bookended with some present-day stuff, but is largely flashbacks. And there's, well, I shouldn't say that, because there's also the present-day stuff with the Vandal Savage and... uh, (laughs) Let's go! Arzen's mother. Uh, I can tell Matt's excited by that. But there's also a lot of backstory about the... uh, The Wings in the sands and the winds. Yeah, Arzen's mother, who married a guy from the the wind tribe <laughs> and she's in the sand tribe some razal ghoul history in there some razal yeah. ghoul this hidden city of Erhen. And, and then we throw in vandal savage <laughs> look guys i know how pete feels about this kind of historical stuff but like <laughs> this is this is what i love in comics um and i i don't need them to all be connected and i am hoping that there's maybe some stuff that you know how stories go it's like a human telephone like over time Stuff gets added and removed and stuff. I don't mind so much with this particular set because mm-hmm. it's like Vandal Savage and Razogul, both who have lived a really long time. Eons. Of course, they've yeah. crossed paths. Yes. So, yeah. but just just the idea that the Orgums are tied to Raz and the whole, you know, the whole origin of of Lazarus. I mean, the Orgums have been to tied Raz. to Raz since they've been introduced, so it's not like mm-hmm. that's been yeah. something that's been a, a blindsided yeah. thing. I, no. So. I mean, I enjoyed the issue well enough. I did feel like it took a little bit to read. I, I will say this is the mm-hmm. second issue, I think, in maybe three or four months that has been mostly, like, telling the story of something in the mm-hmm. past. You know, it's not been... It was, like, the second issue of this arc, I, I think yeah. it was like that. There's been a couple of that. And I do... I, I was thinking as I was reading this, like, I, I can see why this maybe is putting off some just more casual Batman mm-hmm. fans, because it's not... I mean, this issue is very un-Batman-y. It's just, just kind of like this story of all these other characters in the past. Yeah, do you know what it is? It's better. Yeah, well, it's it's <laughs> desert folklore around Ra's al Ghul in, like, in a Batman book. 
Yeah, I'm not going to say it better. I, I, I think I, I trust Ram V, and I think he's mm-hmm. doing a decent enough job. And I like that there's a lot of history to all this. I, I like that it's mm-hmm. building up the threat of what they're doing in the city, and it feels like it's very rich and, mm-hmm. and layered. Uh, but I will say, you know, he's thrown around a lot of terminology and a lot of names, and it's a lot of the stuff that turns me off fantasy. Is is kind yeah. of a lot of this this backstory well, stuff is. And this is where I feel where where I break from the fantasy and get more into mythology. And legends and stuff because this feels very much like mm. you know the legend of lazarus or whatever uh, don't get me wrong this is still much better than whatever the hell that last issue of batman was so <laughs> <laughs> i've still not read it i haven't gone back and caught up yet i'm really scared too. but just <laughs> i just love too that it's ram v telling the story about telling stories you know too like he's it's definitely that. a theme that he's interested in like, i think mm-hmm. we spoke before how tynan's really interested in um uh, like a similar concept with like tulpas and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is this is kind of Ram V's kind of little mini obsession as well because it's the same yeah. sort of thing he did in in his Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea of stories kind of having this life of their own. Yeah, yeah. No, like I I'm down with the themes and I I do mostly enjoy kind of what it reveals about the the backstory. I mean, if nothing else, it really feels like it's setting up this uh this relationship with like Batman in the city and they're comparing that to this hidden city and how it was mm-hmm. lost and Batman's going to have to make this choice between the people in the city and and all that stuff. Like this is all I know what Batman I know what Batman's gonna say is yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh so like you know I I'm I'm enjoying all that stuff. I, mm-hmm. I like that it's you know we see again these other supporting characters from the family, the the wolf, the mm-hmm. the uh I don't even know what the other ones are called, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, these... no, I like I like the idea that when Talia's telling the story, though, is that Roz, you know, gave them each of what their, you know, kind of what their power sets around, so we can identify them easier yeah. without having to remember their names. Yeah, no, so, that's good. Uh, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, the bookend of this is that the Argums are about to do a big sort of grand opening of their building in Gotham, and the theory is that they're going to, like, turn on their machine that can, like, change the will of all the people in yeah. the city. Uh, when they're all focused so uh, there's a little bit of backstory and how that's one of the devices that came out of this this hidden city uh, mm-hmm. that the Argums got their hands on uh, i actually thought it was setting up earlier on in the backstory that it was going to be like the two stones like combined yeah. for this this mm-hmm. item but it wasn't that, that. Uh, no uh, uh arzen's grandmother though's got one of the stones stuck in her head embedded yeah yeah, yeah it looks kind of gnarly yeah that's what mm-hmm. vandal savage comes in uh Reclaims. Macho Man Vandal Savage comes and pulls yeah, it over yeah, Let's go. That's a shirt. <laughs> uh, whoever works on, I will buy that shirt if you make it, please. Joe, you know Vandal Savage is such a weird name that I always want to yeah. say it incorrectly. Like, I always want to just yeah. swap the letters and be like, uh, yeah. you know, Savile Vandage or Sandal Vandage. Sandal Vandage. <laughs> That's. Oh. If there's ever a flipping uh, Jeff Bridges character, it's Sandal Vages. Uh, <laughs> Sandal In every Western ever. Yeah, so. Um, oh, dear. Oh, my God. Now, how have we, how have we not gotten him as a uh, version of Vandal Savage? He has a perfect uh, voice for that. He does. Anyway, um, now, I, I love tying that the, what gave the Orgums their power originally is also one of the meteorites that gave us Vandal Savage. You know, and the fact that, that the grandma calls him, you know, you, you Neanderthal, that's always just a rock to you. You don't understand the true power. Whereas, you know, they've used this power to create an empire, basically. Um, and he's yeah. still just, 
he's just going around smashing stuff because it's fun. Yeah, the the backstory, just to sort of sum it up, it's basically so way, 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 way back. Uh, mm-hmm. Arzen's mother was the the princess of the the Sand Tribe. She married mm-hmm. the Wind Tribe. Uh, you know, prince. the nomads. Yeah, the yeah. nomads, and this sort of stopped their warring. But she was a bit scheming and scheming, and she asked her husband to go and find the hidden city of Erhan and sent Razal Ghul, who was his trusted best friend and bodyguard, mm-hmm. to kill him when they find it. Uh, and when we get when they eventually find it and they fight off like the the guardians of it's all very kind of mummy there's like a hidden army all that stuff mm-hmm. um we find out that many people from his tribe over the years have actually found this place but every one of them has chosen to turn away because the old man who's there to guard it says hey this was turned away because the temptation is too much this was uh, always the the thing that yeah. it's very king arthur holy grail mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh so he he's going to make that choice he turns away but then raz is like no although raz i can't let you do this bud yeah raz doesn't just kill him outright though he no. gives him a choice he says you know you, you like this is what will happen to your son if you make this choice this is what happened to your mm-hmm. wife if you make that choice so you know well and, I, and it was a, a something of compassion which kind of is raz al ghul's mo right like yeah. he doesn't he doesn't want to take over the world because he wants to conquer things like Luther style is he wants to preserve it uh and this is along the, these lines is you know, he tries to give his friend a noble death knowing what lies ahead. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's all very interesting. I, I think, you know, my only real critique of the the issue or maybe, maybe not the issue specifically, but more just the arc is that having mm-hmm. two big issues like this that are mostly told in backstory does feel mm-hmm. like it's slowing down the progression and the, the present day stuff I'm, a little bit. I'm just bit. trying to remember specifically. Was it this arc? Was it not this, like the second or third issue of the first arc? that had well, one of these issues we had we had we had the one story that was the the story of the um we also oh, had the annual this? yeah that was the story of no the, that's not what i was saying no. that, but it, it, oh man the asthma that yeah was, that was like the, that was quite early on right? that was early yeah. on and then then we've had the annual that told the story of, of and gotham then, then and this one infancy and now this so i think and that's so, what's making i think it's the annual that makes it feel like mm-hmm. they've been more regular than they have and slowing the pace because i think but, it's only been one in each arc, but then the annual in the middle has kind of made it feel like it was more recent. Well, no, because when we got introduced that Roz was part of that, that story started in the last one. That was only a few pages, though. Yeah, so... Yeah. That wasn't the whole I mean, book. It definitely feels very heavy, though, and I think that's maybe yeah. why this run, yeah. while it's very solidly written, and I do think it's much better than Batman right now, I think it's probably turning away a lot of, of Batman fans who just want Batman investigating the thing and fighting it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's very dense, but also, I, I'm okay. Quality of Batman aside, I'm glad they're very different books and oh, are, for sure. in theory, hitting yeah. those different markets. Because I think Batman is more that book that you're kind of describing there. That, that maybe some Batman fans are disappointed that this isn't that because they've, yeah. in theory, they've got Batman to go and enjoy. Whereas mm-hmm. you can have this sort of story in Detective and, instead. And for me, this feels like the Denny O'Neill World Globe Trotting. Maybe it's yeah. just just Ra's al Ghul being there, but like that era Batman, I really like just because it's him getting out of Gotham. But here he's still there, and he's trying to figure out stuff. But we're getting out and seeing like just how expansive the Orgums are. Um, it's and I, I would describe yeah. this as like a story that doesn't inherently appeal to me that is still good because the writing quality is high enough that yeah. it's taking me through it, and I'm not like you know I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm excited to see where the story goes. 
how the outcome's going to play out, like all, all that stuff. Like it's all working very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has all the the makings of a great omnibus. Like, like just like one big dense read at some point in the future. I mean, is the yeah. in act two now of the overall story? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if like the plan is to like do this in three acts and then maybe I'll move on. Why. It's based on an opera as well. Like oh, well, yeah. not any specific opera, but he kept comparing it to how many acts opera. do operas usually have? Because it's more than three. Up, up to five usually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I mean, yeah, that, that puts it up there. But yeah, no, it's it definitely has that whole storytelling as we're going. Stuff's going to be revealed, and I feel like whatever is beyond the Orgum, Jam V has a, not just like a plan or whatever, right? But like the Orgums are leading to something about Bruce, whatever that is. And I feel like that's going to be the focus when this is wrapped up. I will say this though, like I, I can totally see he's getting to a point here where the city's taken over. Mm-hmm. And I've complained about that a few times recently in mm-hmm. back comics, but it won't bother me that much in this because it's, it's taken the time to build up that they're trying to do that. So if they mm-hmm. actually do achieve it, it won't feel like it's just out of nowhere in issue three of the first arc. Oh shit! Right. Uh, you know, right. well, was... and it's not Joker gas or Scarecrow gas or. Well, I was thinking whatever. more uh, the robot. Say the Bane. first Batman oh, the robots. That's right oh, I forgot too. about that. I was thinking Bane because uh, it was like issue or four or something. It's like, oh, he's taken over Gotham and it's turned into a robot police state. That's like, right. Like, yeah. I mean, I, like, right. even even going back, I feel that way about like like City of Bane. You know, at the end of the Tom King run, where it was just yeah. like all of a sudden it gets ah, it's Bane City now. Yeah, it didn't, no. it didn't really build to it in the same way that like this has taken. What well, by the time we get to it, it'll be at least like ten or twelve issues. Yeah. Well, and and they're they're seeding stuff throughout. Like we've seen them go through their plan, and they're they're putting Asmer and in, in random people and setting them back out. By, the city. by the time it does get, assuming they do take over the city, and there's an inevitability mm-hmm. to that feeling right now, there'll be a sense of okay, we've we've followed this story. Batman's been trying to stop it, and this is he, he's failed. Okay, yeah. he actually he, he lost here. What's next? As opposed to just villain comes out and takes City, Batman immediately. You know, well, and that's there. that's where this started, right? Because Batman was having panic attacks. Yeah, and and he didn't know what was going on, and now, you know, we've kind of gotten away from that a little bit because he's been busy dealing with all this stuff. But we had that really good moment with him and Gordon. You know, yeah, it's when, when it, whenever there's a quiet moment. Yeah, that, when... I mean, that's some of my favorite stuff in this run yeah. is uh, the Batman and Two Face and Gordon mm-hmm. stuff. That's the stuff yeah. that's really. And, to me, and but... that's also what I love that, that Ram V's doing is like this is he's he's made fresh new characters, right? Uh, but he's also using um like established characters in new ways, right? Like we had Gordon kind of being his his Alfred there, you know, and we have Two Face kind of growing a conscience. So um yeah, I just I love everything that's going on in this book. This is one of the books that like I get stoked when it comes out because I get to read that this week. You know, um, it's one of those. It's I don't think it's as immediately exciting as some of the books. It's not high octane, just like a, easily it, reaction. It is a slow burn. Book, yeah, it's a slow burn. That's exactly the phrase I was about to use. But uh, which inherently doesn't always lend itself as well to the monthly format. But I yeah. do think it's one of the best books that is being published by DC at the minute. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think this is one that will the run will be more in the sum of its single issues when it's done as well, yeah. my general yeah. feeling as we're going through it. Whereas like not every issue on its own feels like a necessarily a great one-off issue, but I think it the feels like whole... it's a piece. Like it, mm-hmm. even, yeah. even if it's not like, Oh, I didn't love that issue, but it feels like it's, it is adding something to important yeah. to the story. And it's very serialized, right? In that way. It is. Uh, and uh, assuming that Ramvi doesn't flood the ending, um, 
which it should be great. And and I have no reason to think he will because no, I mean one, I he's not Williamson. Two, yeah. he doesn't have a history of flooding endings. Yeah, no, I mean if Swamp Thing's say you go off of, or Justice League Dark, I, I think he yeah. he stuck all of those. It's really That's sad far. how the, the slow turn on this show to just shitting on Williamson. And the, it, the it has, and I, I was going to try to be that person up against it, but... You I, know. If you go way, way back to our very first episode, the, the Rebirth announcement panel for WonderCon, mm-hmm. and Williamson's announced, and Matt was just so excited because you'd read... What was his other one that you liked? No Waiter. No Yeah, you, you loved Birthright. that. Yeah. And you were so excited for this. And yeah. Then, and then well, and, and I, still, I still like the majority of it's Flash in... You know, other things have potential. Yeah, not, I'm not just starting ending, to. Though. I I am just starting to feel a different kind of fatigue with him. Where, okay, uh, it's very John Zena in that way. But we'll get to there in Green Arrow. But yeah, um, uh, but yeah. yeah. So, old lady, uh, you know, the grandmother, right? The stone mm-hmm. in her head. She gets that ripped out by Vandal Savage. Yep. And Mother Arzen or Mother Argum's like. The final battle will be in Gotham, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll see you in Gotham." So he's like, "Ooh, I'm going to Gotham." Yeah, yeah a cup of coffee. Dig it. <laughs> we can't do we can't do Macho Man Justice, Pete. We can try. I can, but I'm going to try. I'm always going yeah. to try. Yeah. He's going to be like, "Batman, I got three minutes playtime." <laughs> oh my god! If he gets a bone saw, that's it. <laughs> Gotham will be mine. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Macho. I know. Yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, yeah. But uh, that's solid issue, solid part of the run. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so excited to see. I, I love the Batman's working with, you know, Nightwing and Cass. He's got mm-hmm. the, the, the team kind of working to try and stop whatever yeah. it says. So we'll uh, see you. Uh, how it plays out next time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't read the backup. Did anyone read the backup? I, I did. Feel free to tell us about it then. Yeah, so it's just, you know, it's Ice Ray continuing that story with with Doctor with Doctor Freeze. With Mr. Freeze and the Doctor. Um, the, Dr. the psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, and basically he's created this machine that not only freezes, but also can help like regenerate. So it's like it's almost he's finally figured out the you know the formula for Nora, but she the the psychiatrist calls him on his narcissism that you know it's specifically a thing for like it's it's like a form of localized time travel. It un, it, yeah. it kind of resets things and undoes undoes certain things. Yeah, so it'll undo damage done to you know your body or right. your brain. But and so she she comes at him for being a narcissist and like. This was never about Nora. This is all about you. You you want to be the one that solves her her sickness. You don't want to be the one that, you know, to you don't want to cure her, just to have her back. You want to cure her because you're the one to cure her. And that kind of makes him Yeah, my my favorite line is where he's like, Oh, I'm not some lunatic. And she's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah no, we agree. You're not mentally unwell. You're no. a narcissistic F. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> it's real good. Yep. Um but yeah, so I just uh, I'm thinking this is also how the Asmer plot's gonna be revealed because we know you can freeze them, right? And it's mm-hmm. almost as if this is going to be what Batman uses. This almost and localized it's time thing seems to be working at the end, mm-hmm. like uh, with whatever's accidentally and, happened to it. It seems to be working now, right? And then just you know we have that that weird kid from from the beginning backups, you know, yeah. comes in and, and and saves her. And then but that you know her inner monologue, that lyric, that that little 
music that was, you know, talking to her. It, it's almost like it's still there, but this, you know, whatever this, the, the machine that Freeze created kind of is holding it at bay as well. So I'm curious to see where all that stuff goes. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's not a bad backup. It definitely feels a little bit superf superfluous. It is. I liked what he did with Freeze at the end there where mm -hmm. he was like, I'm not unwell. And she's like, uh, you know, you're not. You're just narcissistic. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, no, no. I I'm not trying to cure Nora with this. Mm -hmm. It's to fix, you know, uh, you know, she stopped loving me because I changed. So let me right. use this to undo what happened to my brain to make me a better person again. Yeah, except that's still part of the problem, man. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, you're, it's you're a... not learning. You're trying to undo things. So yeah. yeah, but it's 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 an interesting development in that it's it's it is still personal development, even though it's mm -hmm. like I say it's not learning because it's just undoing right. things. It's not progress. But it is a step. But it is a, in the right direction that it's aimed towards making himself better, right. at least. So there's right. there's he's recognized that he's the problem now. Right. So there's there's, there's progress. So, but yeah, again, pretty, pretty decent. Uh, so I'm still loving that Two-Face backup that was happening earlier. Yeah. Where we got to see the, you oh. know. Wingard art is nice. Yeah, the Wingard art is very, very, very nice. So, but yeah. All right. And the, um, just at the very end in the machine, it, it, it's like, it's very much looks like a face, right? Yeah. Well, isn't that the, that, that was talking to her? Right? Yeah, that's what I thought. I looked like that. Um, right. Obviously with her, it was a bit more stylizing a bit more mm -hmm. like ghostly whereas this here right. it's a little more electronic right well, yeah i think it was whatever that was it jumped yeah right when it when it cured her um so all right yeah. well uh, i guess we'll rate detective comics then uh matt what are you giving it i'm giving this a 8.5 connor uh i'm gonna go with an yeah i'll go with the 8.5 as well yeah uh straight for me it, it's not you know, this type of issue this doesn't necessarily appeal to me quite as much, so it's a little lower, but uh, still enjoying the run quite a bit. Action Comics 1054, Ooh. Philip K. Johnson writing with Rafa Sandoval on art, on the main story, at the very least. And this, of course, continues the cliffhanger where one of the twins showed up to this uh, rally and uh, maybe killed someone, but... Uh, you know, you can argue it's a bit of a cop-out that it's like, ah, oh, nah, it turns out these are all Metallo drones, so she was yeah. never at fault. Um, yeah, but it doesn't really address the fact that she still went tried and tr and did those actions not knowing it was a Metallo drone. Yeah. That... How, however, she is trying to explain, like, you know, he was hurting people or whatever, and so I can, you know, kid that was born on World, she still has uh, ways to go. Yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, there's probably teaching moments to come mm -hmm. after this, but at least right now, obviously things are accelerating. There's too much going on to like stop mm -hmm. and have that moment. Uh, John shows up with the other twin to try and stop her mm -hmm. slash help, uh, help the person who's injured. Turns out they're Metallo drones. Uh, all hell breaks loose. Superman mm -hmm. shows up to help as well. Metallo obviously is there too. He attacks John. Uh, they yeah. kidnap the kids. The idea is that you know you've got my sister. So I'm going to take your, uh, family. your family as well. Uh, and that all, you know, escalates to mm -hmm. this big showdown uh, with Metallo, which by the end of it, uh, Metallo is defeated and Superman like promises to help get his sister back, as you would expect yeah. he would. It, it gets very Superman in that moment, and I love it because it's just stuff that we've talked about from Johnson, his entire run going back to War World. But 
I think it's. Go ahead, Connor. It it is buried Superman, but at the same time, there's other parts in this issue where he's like not out of character, but not doing as much of a good job, uh, uh, you know, specifically with John. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's intentional that that's kind of the the angle that it's going of, uh, you know, adding towards John feeling overlooked and he's he's not looking out Mm -hmm. for his family as much. He's too busy being Superman, or if it's just a, a flub. Well, what, what I meant about being Superman is when he explains to Metallo, like, I'm yeah. not, you know, that type of stuff. Just the Superman, like, who who would I be to turn down, you know? Well, also, I mean, he, he's, he's still, he's great at doing that with the mm-hmm. the wider public, or in this case, mm-hmm. you know, villains. Right. But is, is he overlooking his family, like, with, with the way he's treating John? I don't know if it's, again, I don't know if it's an intentional yeah. thing or if I'm just reading that wrong. Like, um, what are you specifically talking about here? You talking about... The, there's the moment where... Uh, after the kids are kidnapped, John's like, "Hey, no, it has to be me to go find them." And he explains that, "Oh no, they they think that you know I I replace them, but I don't. I swear, but it, it's got to be me." And and Superman's like, "Hey, I, no, hey, I get it, but but no, I'm doing this." And just kind I, of shrugs him off a little bit. So I I read that as he he's pulling the dad card and was like, "No, you know, I I understand why you think that, but nobody thinks that. The kids don't think that. You know, you just need to." I got this from here. You go help with the drones with the rest of the family. Right. And, but this is where I feel like it's, again, I don't know if this is where the story is going, mm-hmm. um, but it feels like he's he's not putting enough trust in John. He's like overlooking his own family in that sense. And that John's going to start feeling that resentment a little bit. Because, I mean, even at the end of this, after Superman tells him, hey, I don't want you facing Metallo, he says, put on the dad yeah. card. John just goes, he, he says, yes, sir. But he's, he's look, he looks really dejected. Yeah. Well, it's this thing too that he thinks he can be a hero, right? It's the it's the teenager thing, but I, I can go and do this stuff too. But John or Clark, I, I just going... think this this beat for me feels really weird after we just had John be Superman for months when Clark wasn't here. He wasn't on planet. Clark left the the, the, the planet and went, "Hey, John, you're Superman now. You're ready for this. You got this." And then he comes back, and and it feels mm. like it's undermining that progression that John had. And again, just... maybe that's intentional. Maybe yeah. this is this is the story that it's going to be of John being like, "Hey, I thought I was ready for this. You thought yeah. I was ready for this, and now you're saying I'm not, and it's really contradictory." Yeah, but maybe, I kind of hope going. that's the story because otherwise, yeah. it, it's it's just playing a little bit weird for me. I mean, I think yeah. the moment here with the heartbeat where he can tell John's mm-hmm. being honest that he's going to go and do what he says, but he looks right. dejected, like you say. I think that feels too intentional. That moment mm-hmm. to just be a flub. That that to me feels like a, a very specific moment where it's like. He doesn't agree with this. He's not happy about it, but he'll do what he says. Right. I, I feel like this is too intentional for it not to be something that he's laying down, potentially for a story where maybe John is feeling overlooked or... Uh, mm-hmm. Not yeah. trusting is not the right, the right phrase, but you know what I mean? Like, being undervalued <laughs> as a... John as a... <laughs> might be overlooked, but he's not going to be overlooked enough to go to Kellex and accidentally transport to a planet. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's something that it's... it's Maybe this is playing again with those beats of the... Mm-hmm. The missing teenage years, and that John is an adult now, right? That's that's so, the age we're playing. A young adult, college, know. you know, early college, maybe. Right, but right? so eighteen to twenty, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, again, relatively irresponsible in the grand scheme of adulthood, mm-hmm. but an adult making his own decisions nonetheless. Yeah. And obviously, I, I don't know if this is still playing back to those beats of oh, Clark missed those. He thinks he's still a teenager. Like, hey, you know, my house, we do what I say, sort of rules. I, I just think he came from a place of safety because of Metallo and the kids, and that it's one of those things that I, Clark has to do it himself. 
you know, and maybe that is part of it too. And John telling him, you know, you, you have this family, we're here to help. And, but that, that's the moment I think is weird for me is that mm -hmm. John's like, no, I have to be the one to do this. They have this, res mm -hmm. I was responsible. They think I feel this way. I need to be the one to rescue them to show them. Yeah. And Clark kind of just brushes it off. And again, like I say, maybe he's just playing the dad card of, <laughs> hey, no, at the end of the day, it's my problem. But it, it felt off yeah. to me. And I hope that's where the story's going because then it's, it's justifying this. Otherwise, it just feels a little yeah. bit strange. Well, at the very least, I think the fact that he's saying it has to be me tells me mm -hmm. that there's going to be at least a follow-up with him and the, the twins. Uh, and the that, kids, yeah. That, that wraps yeah. up that 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 through line there because i don't see that just being left behind now i think that's mm -hmm. definitely going to have a payoff I, no i agree but now i feel like for me as well it has to have a, a beat between john and clark as well as john and the, the twins yeah i think yeah. For, that's what this is this scene set up for me and i don't i as i say, I, I hope it does follow through on that that would surprise me if it does like it doesn't seem yeah. out of the, the, realm the run hasn't been it hasn't been angling towards that up until this moment i don't i haven't felt it until this yeah. issue so it kind of feels a little bit out of nowhere compared to where where we were with the the well, twins i mean to be fair like this this arc really is the first time that johnson's really done anything with john because war world yeah. was so yeah. separate since, from john well that... since since his first story right where they went off to that alien planet yeah, but that, that, just, but that was yeah. ages ago. Like John's that's been such I mean. a, they're, but it's been so disconnected from now. the from the story uh, mm -hmm. that Johnson's been telling that, like the the idea that it's he's not been angling this this way up until now. Yeah, he's not the, been around. This is the first time he's doing anything with him. Right, but this is like this is like the fourth issue of the arc. We've been doing the stuff with the twins the whole time, and this is kind of the first instance of John. Oh, yeah, and but Clark. we just introduced last issue that. We have this thing between John and the twins, right? It, it just introduced that in the last issue. This issue is this next step of it, which is then bringing it into like Clark into the picture, like how he We're relates to all this. The twins a couple of issues before. Well, the scene where uh, they asked him if he felt if they hated him. That was the last issue. Oh no, sure. no, no! That was the direct part of it, obviously. But there, there was the stuff before that with the jealousy, right? What stuff before? I can't remember what you're talking about. Uh, obviously, had, uh, was the the. John was asking him to play, uh, go play the game, the issue before, like that issue, right? The start of that issue. Yeah, it was, it was all... the it was the cube thing that Clark made for him, and then he realized, like, yeah, I think that was last know... issue, was it not? Yeah, I I thought so. Is that not the issue before? Maybe, well, but regardless, yeah. I mean, like you know, this is the the next step of this story that he's been in this arc. Yeah. So this is the first time it's directly came between John and Clark. Obviously, you've had John. Mm -hmm. You know, saying his feelings about the, the twins and how he's he's feeling, or we've been seeing how he feels weird about how these child memories he has are now happening with these twins. But this is maybe the first time that it's been directly kind of like between him and Clark, where he's actually mm. came up in the story between them. So maybe this is just a natural point of okay. like, this is where it finally converges and we start to see how it plays off between them. It probably wouldn't surprise me if we get a heart to heart with Clark and John at some point where Clark talks to him about, oh, how has this been, you know, these feelings that have been bubbling. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that, that kind of has to be there, right? Yeah. So I, you know, I suspect that. Uh, so we see the big, the big twist of the the end of this, though. There's a little hint as well. The the, the whoever's like sending the signal of his sister to him, mm -hmm. uh, basically says, "Ah, oh, Metal, you're a loser. You've always been a loser. Um, this tech that we've been, you know, testing in your body will find mm -hmm. a better host for it." And then there's a reveal who this next host is. Uh, at the end, also where Metallo's sister is all like, hooked up to hell yeah. knows what these pipes and shit are. 
but it's Cyborg Superman is the next attempt. Hey, Kenshaw. You should have known it was you. Can you tell it's an anniversary of uh, yeah. Death and Return of Superman? <laughs> However, all of the stuff here that led to the drones, right, and, and all of that stuff, very smartly seated to Henshaw. Just with the way the technology jumps. Just it does. I, I, I do want to clarify, I, I did not have a problem with that in this story. It yeah. was just a more of a, yeah, hey, no, no, you know, know. We, we had a... We got Steel but, showing up. We got a Connor Kemp book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now so Cyborg Superman's back. It's like, hey, we're kind of doing everyone. Yeah. I think that's pretty sick. I, yeah, I mean, what I would say is that this, especially if the running theme here is that we keep using like ro- different robotic enemies from Superman's mm-hmm. history. It, it feels like a natural jump to go from Metallo to Cyborg Superman. So, yeah. Uh, and if there's another one after him, maybe you know, you, you, I don't know. Right. Some sort of Brainiac drone or something. I was going to say, yeah, Brainiac drones. Obviously, that right. obviously well, since we got it, I mean, it was a while ago now, but the the Johns retcon into Brainiac being an actual being. Person, yeah. right. Yeah, like, like that obviously changes just to being a traditional cyborg or robot enemy. But So it's revealed here that Metallo's new heart is a, a orphan box, and that, but it's fueled by kryptonite, which... Sounds horrific. So, Right. So who who could have done that, right? Like Lex. We know it wasn't him. It doesn't really well, line he, up. With he you. claims it wasn't him yeah, and it doesn't right. line up, but somehow somehow I, it was Lex. No, so, I mean if anything it's more likely to be someone from War World or Yeah. I don't know. And so because um, at first I thought, well, is this Henshaw? Has this been Henshaw's plan? Is that he's using World War? Or no, see, no he, he feels like just the next. Not, yeah, because yeah. for a second I was thinking, is Henshaw behind yep. all this? And I went, no, 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 no. The voice no. said the next, maybe we'll find the a next... better host. So he's the yep. next host. He's not the one who's right. pulling the strings to this. And that, that's what got me. So I'm like, so who's pulling Henshaw's chain here now, right? To, to send him on is, that Is direction. there a big Superman villain that could be a big reveal yeah. later on? Is anyone willing to take a complete stab? I, I, w- I would just wait to throw out, maybe it is. Brainiac, and you know, this is an yeah. extension of the Brainiac drones. Yeah, is kind of doing it through various other robotic, you know, uh, elements of of Superman's enemies. Yeah, to 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 what that to what to which end though, right? Is like because Brainiac's the collector, right? Like yeah. he's so, you know, is this a different version of Brainiac? Is this you know, is this the? Hey, I don't, I don't have motivations. Too? Lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say, you know. Um, because there are different, you know, the whole, what was that book, Rebels, back in the early 2000s, that was the son of Brainiac, trying oh, to distance yeah. himself from his dad's legacy. Is this, is this someone like that? You know? Um, but I thought that was a, a nice little wrinkle. Uh, actually, no, I've, about... got, I've got the answer. We can move on. I've solved it. It's yeah. Superboy Prime. So let's just move on. <laughs> you say that like a joke, but I can see it working. Because he is uh, he's the complete opposite of everything Superman stands for. You know, I just that's a, that's an old running joke that, that just we just blame Superman Prime as the mystery guy behind everything. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Prime Punching time. realities. It's prime time, baby. Ozymandias. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Doctor Manhattan. We're not going to do that path. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if there's maybe some big. I'm trying to think of who from Superman's Rogues Gallery would make sense as a. I think the fact that it's keeping it a mystery definitely implies that it is someone we would recognize yeah not someone new because it, it would be easy to rewrite these scenes and show us a face instead of just a voice if it was someone yeah. new right yeah right. yeah 
Well, and as someone that's familiar with these people, right? Because they were familiar with with Corbin, because it was like you're you're a loser. You've always been a loser. I should have known better than to have you do this for me. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like mystery's hey. afoot. Anywho, uh, that's the the main story. So we got backups here as well. Of course, we're continuing mm-hmm. the John backup with uh, the the princess alien chick. Uh, Cleana. Cleana, yes. Uh, which is basically just her saving John because he's hurt when they crash mm-hmm. land. Um, she tells a bit of her backstory about how her royal family was attacked because things were going bad and she fled to escape the kill squads. Then it turns out the big twist of this backup is that mm-hmm. she's actually like an entitled princess evil bitch mm-hmm. and she's going to try and force Superman by keeping John captive. She has powers. And the robot that was yeah. attacking them works for her. Well, so. she has like weird weird time powers right because it's john that pulls her out of the fire and then his hands are burnt and she goes i thought you were invulnerable he goes well we're we're not sure what i can do yet because he's still a kid and then so she uses like some time dilation stuff to to reverse time to where his hands weren't weren't burned um and stuff so she's pretty powerful on her own right if she can do stuff like that so what does she need superman for to fight um, back the peasants, right? That I would feel, to, judging from her story and from what she revealed, is one hundred percent they were. You know, they're, they're going to go back, and there's going to be like a utopia because they overthrew her family. <laughs> oh, you know possible. what I mean? It, it, it's feeling very um, French Revolution. Yeah. She's she's a she's a, she's a Bourbon. Yeah, you got the, uh, the 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 Napoleon leading the uh, the, the revolution of all the peasants. Mm-hmm. A little bit of an yeah. empire, everything's going great at first, and she's going to go back and be like, look how terrible everything's going, just put yeah. me back on the throne. Yeah, I will say, I did think the twist at the end of this made me sort of just go, oh, okay, that's where we're going with this. Yeah, right. me too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really feel it's, that it's, um, about it. It's a very Jurgen story, this, right? It it's is. Very, like, it's fine, but it looks nice. Jurgen's, I think, he's always mm-hmm. drawn better than he's written, at least mm-hmm. for me. Not yeah. that he's been, a, not that he's ever a bad writer or I mean, no. He can be a bad writer, but not that he's always a bad writer, but he's rarely a great writer. When when he's inspired, he's really, you know, he can tell a real good superhero story. I think it's um, when he's telling a story, uh, like, for characters he's particularly passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. But and I think so, he always draws great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit more invested in the Lois and Clark stuff in here about how this, you know, what's his name? Doom? Doom Breaker. Doom Breaker. Victor Von Doom Breaker. Victor Von Doom Breaker. Um, how he he's he's kind of a, a cipher for trauma, right? Like dooms doomsday happened, affected this one guy. It kind of infects people as it goes, and so Clark's trying to find uh, John, and Doombreaker attacks, and you know, I'm much more interested in, in that kind of story of you know Clark trying to help this guy, you know, break through. But we didn't get much of that. We got more of the spacey stuff that kind of ended with the. Yeah, I'll just you know, there's still, I assume, a couple of parts left. Yeah, it's, yeah. An, easy, it's an easy enough read. Uh, but yeah, I, will, I, I will say, just kind of the flip to her being a villain just kind of felt like, okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing then, I guess. So I'm just not feeling super passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did read the other backup as well because it's not the Power Girl one anymore. It's, uh, no. This is like a little steel. It's, yeah. it's, it's a little seed into the Steelworks book that's coming in. I hope, this, hope the Steelworks book. Book is better than this. Yeah, I got like two, two or three pages it into this, and like, yeah, I'm not feeling this. Yeah, and yeah just... I wasn't super into it. I think honestly, the biggest problem with it is that it's really just still recapping his origin. 
and that's yeah. basically it. That's the whole thing. And, and I'm okay with that as a reintroduction and stuff. The way he talks constantly making technology puns mm. does not feel like John Henry Irons that I've read before. I am glad that this was not uh, Dawn writing Dawn, this. Because yeah. I was Cause like, I, got... I, I, my concern, like I, said, I got a few pages in, I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to flick to the end of this. I, I'm, I'm not that bothered. Yeah, so yeah. I was right... like, and I thought I best check the writer, and it's not. It's Dorado Quick. Yeah, Dorado like, Quick is the, the writer. So, uh, well, it's a, obviously a lead in for the, the Steelworks book. Mm -hmm. It's a different writer. So, I, I, you wouldn't necessarily judge that book based on this. No. Yeah. Uh, so, that's worth it. It's, it's set before uh, Action 1051. It's basically still on his wake, you know, being late for his uh, speech in front of the building mm -hmm. and revealing to everyone that he's still whilst in his head recapping his origin and that right. that's it that's the whole thing uh yeah so it's just he, fights, kind of there. He, he fights a guy named amalgam but i'm not quite sure what his power is is he an android is he cybernetic like whatever his deal is but he, he knocks uh, he's an amalgam out. of both matt i i guess and then at the end as he's giving the speech it goes to a guy in a shadowy room that kind of looks like an evil mr terrific so maybe this is you know so you, you, you just mentioned Mr. Terrific, and it reminded me. I don't know if you guys saw um, Mitch Gerrard's re-upped his uh, exclusive hey, contract for DC. Very good. Wait, why did that remind you, Mr. Terrific? Because of Strange Adventures. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I, like, I just think the guy... <laughs> I'm, I'm glad Matt understood that. Uh, yeah. like, <laughs> like, just, speaking of Mr. Terrific, Mitch Gerrard's, I'm like, yeah. huh? What, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hope his coccyx is okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. good news. He's a great artist. I'm happy he's yes. looking around. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. All right, that's Reaction Comics 1054. Uh, Matt, what are you giving it? So I have to take the whole thing into account, not just the main story, which I really enjoyed. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 7.5. All right. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7. Solid issue, but uh, I'm, not in, I'm not as in love with this part of the run as I was the World World stuff. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8, but the slight asterisks that I'm just ignoring the backups because <laughs> I don't feel the backups should drag it down if I enjoyed the mid story. So, if, I, if I'm averaging it with the backups, yes, it goes down to like, I don't know, at most a 7, maybe a 6.5, but I'm ignoring those. Those don't exist. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah, that's that. Green Arrow issue 1, Joshua Williamson writing with Sean uh, Isaac, Isaacs? Just Isaacs? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, on the art so this is the start of this new Green Arrow run and it's Joe's it, Joe's so sad about this is it's not even been that long but it wasn't until someone mentioned it like several pages in that I'm like oh yeah Oliver get left behind in the whole infinite crisis shit or the yeah. dark crisis shit I'm, I'm glad there was an editor's note because I, I did not finish that I, I completely like... <laughs> forgot yeah. it I, I just thought when it started with him waking up on a beach right I thought oh that's just how we're starting the story not one part of me went wait Oliver's not meant to be around <laughs> why, See, why is it, he here? it started with him on a beach and then the next page was like oh this isn't Earth I was like okay cool I'll, I'll yeah. just ride with it I didn't realise at this point that this was following on from Crisis Crisis yeah I just completely Dark forgot all that Crisis Dark so yeah crisis? Uh, there's a bit um, of a recap of who he is over a two page layout Fair Which enough. also I want to point out is the first, but not the only instance in this issue where the lettering is absolutely horrendous. Yeah, because it should. My my first thought was okay. I start on that one on the first thing on the left, which mm -hmm. is is a bit lower down, but it's it's not. So you start okay at the at the very top, it's, but inset a little bit, and you go down, 
And then you think, okay, you go, you know, you go from this happened, well, and you no, keep going no, down. No, 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 I might disagree with that first part. My, I didn't even think of reading that one down there on the left. I went up to the top. Okay, but then, okay, after you follow those first, like, four panel, first four boxes down, this happened, it, your eyes are already on a downward trajectory, so you keep going down, especially as the art is sticking into that panel from just above, you know, uh, yeah. Merlin's head is right underneath. Yeah, I'm not actually disagreeing with the overall critique. I just, I, I think I started like my eye did go to the, the starting place naturally. That, that's fine. I'll, I'll take that one. But the yeah. second one, so it goes from this happened, and you want to keep going down because you're, you're going downwards. Merlin's head sticking in. It feels like that's the next part. You want to go down to that where it says trained with some bad people, but it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's, it's up to. And then this happened instead. It feels, it feels really all over the place. So. Yeah, yeah, we start with Oliver just, he's on a beach, there's some sort of alien world or interdimensional world, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after his little, you know, this is who I am, here's my recap, it goes to present day in Gotham, I believe, and it's uh, Connor Hawk, Roy, and Black Canary mm-hmm. um, on motorbikes, so we get a bit of an action scene with them, fighting some goons. They get a proper introduction, which is fine, it's an issue one. I- you know, I like all of that because it, it feels very yeah, superhero-y. Yeah, I'm, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Them all getting like a half page to say, mm-hmm. here's who they are. This this is uh, the other page where I struggle with the lettering. Because I think there's there's such a gap. So on each side, you've got you know Roy and Connor on left and right. Mm-hmm. And the top half of the page feels like it should read. So you read you know, Roy Harper, a.k.a. Speedy, whatever, mm-hmm. greatest marksman. And then it's such a leap down to where the next uh, box is I trained him that I didn't go to that. I went across from your know, greatest marksman I should know and then across to, you know, Connor Hawk because because they, they're so close together. Oh, I just read the, the Roy stuff first and the Connor yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't know why. These felt like vertical panels to me. I don't know. Yeah. So I just went straight down and then I, I jumped it's over just, to it's, Connor Hawk. It's not much. It's just slight placements of where the boxes are. They just need to be moved like like an inch like in, in, up a little bit like you know <laughs> instead instead of yeah. being like crossing over with that next panel if this... it just moves up a little bit to underneath like like by his foot i think it becomes a lot clearer to to read it there whereas as it is it feels like a huge separation <laughs> in the middle of the page that it feels like instead of instead of feeling like it's split vertically in thirds uh, in half it feels like it's split horizontally in thirds i don't know if i get that the third thing. Oh no, no! Look at look at the page. You've got the top yeah. third of the that there. You got the middle third, which is mm-hmm. the uh, which the middle third, which is that both of their their torsos and the bodies. Connor Hawk, especially because he's upside down. And then you've got the bottom third of the bottom panels. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I I will say it would maybe make it more obvious if the 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 tall panels at the top actually went all the way down to underneath those boxes at the bottom. I think it would maybe mm-hmm. make it more clear. It's all just like one you know vertical slice. You read down this one, and you read down the other one. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like you're being a little overly like a, a little sensitive to this. Here. Maybe like I, said, I think it, like I said, it's the blank space in that middle third on both sides that makes it feel like it's really split up. No, I I still just feel they're both vertical. Those panels are inset into the the main. So it didn't it didn't <laughs> bother. Maybe, me. maybe this is just, just me, but yeah, yeah. Lift, lift lift up that little bottom lettering box just just a little bit, and and that completely gets rid of that dead space in the middle. 
Yeah. Um, I, I've got like I had concerns coming out of this, like to talk about in this book, yeah, but Connor's throwing all these, these other things at me. This <laughs> is this is what I miss Connor on the show, because every so often we'll get a completely Connor Darryl, take. I have other other problems with the issue, don't be wrong. No, I know, but those those issues tend to be more in line with stuff that me and Pete would find bothersome. So every so often you get one that's just a Connor one. Yeah, the cross was on that wasn't on this panel. Yeah. I, I stand just, by it. It wasn't there. <laughs> and again, I'm not going to argue and say you're wrong because it's how you perceive things. It just it cracks me up every so often. There's one of maybe, these. M- maybe I am nuts on this one. Maybe maybe this is I am the only person in the world who has yeah. experienced this. So, but I'm telling you, my brain sees that in thirds, I mean, no, the, the two-page layout, I thought your critiques mm-hmm. were fair. Like, the the two-page yeah. layout, I basically just followed because it was obvious at a glance in the sense that I can I, I can see the linear, linear history of Green Arrow playing out, so I just know where to go, as opposed to I'm following the lettering, if that makes sense. So I get the critique in that page, that my just knowledge of the character is what led me in the right direction. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, I fully get on that first page yeah. where it's recapping Ollie's origin. I fully get where you're coming from. Yeah. So, so. anyway, uh, Shoes shows up, right? And obviously mm-hmm. we've been looking forward to this, this potential reunion and stuff. Um, I did think it played out a little bit weird here. Like, I do like the uh, like the art where it's like that that slice through her face yeah. when he says the you know, yeah, well you can just see her eyes. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a really cool bit of like art in terms of how to perceive her like mm-hmm. reacting to that. Um, but this idea that Roy just completely knew she was here and like mm-hmm. just spills his guts out also, felt a bit weird to me. Also, I I wasn't sh- how long has she remembered all of this? Because well, I got the impression before she didn't remember this history. Yeah. And was it so, him him saying, Oh, you threw your, your first ninja star? Was that like triggering all her memories? Is that what you know that that, that saw, panel we just described? Is that her remembering? I'm I'm not sure, but I think it is more t- tied to Roy because in those one shots that were leading up to Infinite Crisis, um to Dark Crisis, whatever that was. Yeah, Dark Crisis, not Infinite Crisis. Like, Infinite Dark Crisis Infinite, on Dark Infinite Crisis. Earth, whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Just say um, the crisis. <laughs> Yeah, you know him. Him being timey wimey, displaced through things. I took it was he sees things from a different perspective, and maybe he does unlock it into her. But I don't know if this is his Leanne. T- t- honestly, right? to me, this didn't she play plays out. like it is though. Yeah, no, it definitely plays like she is has. Yeah. But to me, this didn't play out like she was remembering anything here. This was playing out like she'd wanted to make this connection, and not only because he's opening up oh. and she's hearing all the right things that she turns mm-hmm. and hugs him. I agree, that's how it played, but I was under the impression before that she didn't have those memories. Like it, it, it never felt like she remembered any yeah. of this. I, well, not, not only that, I didn't think he knew that this was her, that she was here. I, part of yeah, the thing I, that was exciting to me was his realization that this woman this is, was his daughter. This is. Right. So the fact that he like knows and just immediately spills his guts like this felt really I don't want to say anticlimactic per se, but it, it just it felt like really left field. It felt to me, and I don't know if this is coming from Williamson or if it's from mm-hmm. editorial, like this this up high shift of mm-hmm. character relationships in a post didio world. And mm-hmm. that oh hey, this is what the fans actually want. They actually just want this family back together. We want to fix these things. And instead of doing it through a story like we've had with some of them. It was like, uh, screw it. Just, just get it over and done with. Just throw in the first issue. If, yeah, it feels, it feels like they're wasting potential big moments by just having yeah. it. Even though some of it's still well told in the the, the character reactions, like they like say that slice mm-hmm. their eyes moment in the mask. O- otherwise, it just kind of feels like 
they're throwing this out as quickly as possible just to get over with rather than actually telling something that will make us care yeah. and feel the impact for the story beats. I, I feel like they're trying to redo the, the Barry and Wally hug moment. Kind of. Where that, where yeah. that was a long time building, though. Where with, yeah. the, with this, this is not as big. I, even if even in so like that, that entire Rebirth one-shot issue was spent yeah. building up to that moment. Exactly. Whereas this here... So, it feels like uh, people will be happy because this is what they want. This is what the fans want. They well, want this reunion. Just, just I, uh, it, they won't care how it's presented as yeah. long as it's there. And I kind of hate that. I was kind of disappointed that it happened so quick. So yeah, it just it, it just doesn't it doesn't capitalize on any no. of the potential that it could have. Like just, you could you could have them working together for a couple of issues where maybe like he suspects or maybe she kind of knows who he is, well, and it kind of finally comes out that that there's a relation yeah. here. But no, instead, they just quickly do it, and then they get separated, and we go into this, like, you know, what is this story that even, like, honestly, my biggest problem with this issue is mm-hmm. that after we have this big hug moment, well, I do think it's a little bit forced, like, mm-hmm. Shoes and Connor Hawk just get teleported away, all of a sudden, to somewhere mm-hmm. where there's Manhunters, uh, or at least, well, she does anyway, I don't know where Connor Hawk goes, yeah. and there's, like, an old man... Green Arrow, presumably this is like when he's been here for wherever he landed in this for, beach, for a minute. This this is sometime later in this yeah. world. And that's where we kind of end this story more or less with all this stuff. I kind of wish the book decided which one it was gonna be. Because mm-hmm. if, if it was this old man all he's not even that old, let's be fair. No, yeah. I just say old he's, he's grown a beard, is basically all yeah, yeah. Slightly more grizzled yeah. Ollie in this kind of dystopia dystopia time island, yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything's kind of like dirty and grimy with chainsaw arrows. I can be down for that story. Hunters, like, yeah, that's a fun story. I'm down for that. A story of you know Roy reconnecting with his family. That's a story I'm down for. I don't think they're supposed to be in the same issue, like, yeah, in the I, same book, like the same. Especially as this was originally a six issue mini. That's a lot in one six issue. It, mini. It's very yeah. weird, and I, I definitely, th- I was definitely more into the other characters in present day, like. Having just Dinah and Connor Hawk mm-hmm. and and shoes, and, the kids and you know, Dinah, and, and I was I was also thinking, where's uh, where's Emmy? Where's Emmy? Get, get Emmy in here. But yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, just give me them like surviving without Ollie, and then have Ollie like come back. Like, I'm way more interested in that in this weird adventure where he's off in space somewhere with the Manhunters. Mm-hmm. Again, like I said, I'm into that story. Like, I'm into that being a six issue mini of oh, this is what happened to Ollie during this time. That could be a fun story. I just, I don't think it belongs in the same book. Yeah, I think, sadly, this just feels very Williamson to me, where things have no weight, and he's just jumping around and throwing story concepts at us without any oh, And I feel like I hinted at when we were talking about another book about Williams, uh, Williamson getting kind of Johns in, in that, I love Jeff Johns, I love what he does, but I think sometimes he gets a little bit too cute with character histories, and tries to make too, everything... Too much of a fan. Yeah. yeah, he tries to make it all work, so the stuff with Leanne, like, all that backstory and her dying and all that stuff happened, but like, there's no gravitas to it. There's no Roy being like, "This can't be you. You were taken from me." You know yeah, what he, I mean? He, he accepts it too readily. There should yeah. Be, at the very least, there should be more in his dialogue that sounds like, "I don't know how you can exist no. because you should right. be dead, but somehow you're here." Right, and there, you know, he he's involved in a world where people come back all the time. So for him to be like, why is my kid back after now? Like, it's, it's, it's too wishy. It's too wishy-washy. Yeah. There's no... And so, and that's where I got to the point that like, because I want to love a Green Arrow book. I love Green Arrow as a concept. I love this section of the world, but like, 
what we were throwing into, like Connor was saying, pick one side because I would much rather have read like an issue that that hinted at Ollie washing up and then not get back to him until the next issue, right? And then it was just focusing on the family stuff, and we get to take some time with them, yeah. and then we can jump to the zany adventure. At and, the it's, end. and it's but, not the exact same, obviously. It's not an alternate era, mm-hmm. but. It did make me think a little bit about Batman right now, and what I'm mm-hmm. not feeling with that is that, oh, Batman's scooped away to an alternate Earth, so instead right. of dealing with the characters and their relationships that I'm interested in, mm-hmm. we're dealing with just surviving for the sake of action somewhere else. And right. this kind of is that kind of vibe to me. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not out on it yet by any means. I'll still, you know, yeah. they're still easy enough to read. But... I I thought I was gonna come in on this being like, oh man, the guys are down on Williamson. Let me be the guy to bring this uh, up. And then <laughs> when I finished reading it the other night, I was kind of like, oh man, this is gonna be a tough conversation. I, I was really disappointed as well because I'd seen on Twitter people were like really into this issue yeah. and like really praising it. I'm like, oh, they were like, yeah, Green Arrow's back. You know, is that... the whole family's back. Is this just them being happy because of these are characters at least getting yeah. some page time? I think so. I, I think it might be because I yeah. I think. Sure, like, that's good. I'm happy that those characters are getting yeah. a place, you know, that they're, they're appearing in books. Of course I am. But then I think about what Williamson did in Robin with Connor Hawk, and I get excited. Like, he knows that character. You know, even as a fan, like, him writing Connor Hawk and Robin was the most I've enjoyed Connor Hawk, I think, ever. Like, I wasn't a big fan of him as Green Arrow. Like, it was fine, but back in the day, but him having the tie to the League of Shadows and all this other stuff, super cool. So I want to see more of like super cool Connor doing stuff. So maybe we'll get to that because we don't know where he went, right? He doesn't show up with Yeah, I guess with my, shoes, my hope so. right now, and it is weird that this was going to be a six issue series beforehand, but my hope right now is that much like Adam's flash run is that we'd have to spend a weird arc just cleaning up where Green Arrow was so that afterwards it can just be this good family book where the relationships mm-hmm. matter. I and hope it, so. You know, I'm, I'm hopeful for that's what this could be. But Williamson does like the, you know, that's the thing. The Flash stuff got overstuffed with the Sage Force and all that other bollocks that bogged it down. Yeah. So it's the same thing, even to, you know, his, um, his crisis and before the Infinite Frontier book. It's just so many ideas. Like he just ha- he has ideas and there's no filter. There's no edit- editor going, like, hey, let's narrow this down. Let's focus in on this thing. He's like, no, I'm doing all of this and I'm doing it all now and it's all going in this issue. Yeah, he's got all the ideas, but I would rather he spend time to make any one of those ideas matter. Just make, yeah. make it matter, make it feel like there's weight to it and then he can move on to another idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's all I He want. tries to have his cake and eat it too a lot. The, the difference between like this and like Ramvi's detective, which is so like slow and methodical on one thing, one idea that we've been dealing with for like two arcs now at least and it's going to go further. Yeah, it's like it's it's so. Uh, whereas this has like at least four different and, ideas in yeah. one issue, and it's not a question of density. Detective Comics is also dense. It's also got a lot of characters. It's also got a mm-hmm. lot of things going on. But they all feed in. They're all there to prop up the key themes that he's playing with. Whereas I read this and I'm like, what are the themes? I don't know what the themes are yet. Like I know obviously we have family reconnecting, and that will probably yeah. always be there. But like. What's the theme of the, the Green Arrow side of things, and how does that tie into the other characters? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not convinced that it's going to, because just based on some of other Williamson's work. Sadly, I'm I'm more concerned about the fake Ollie in World's Finest. Like, what's he up to? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, honestly, it's exactly what I expect from Williamson at this point, which is just a really mixed yeah. bag with some fun ideas and some good pages, mm-hmm. but. 
look, I'm still going to finish this through six issues. Like, I got to see where it goes. And I miss the Arrow characters, so here I am. Yeah, but it's not like I'm over and burdened with books right now. So yeah, I'll keep no. reading. But... <laughs> no, no, the, the, the week this gets pushed to a busier week, it might be the, like, oh, I'll catch up later. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. I mean, we're on it for now, but like, this, this is not some triumphant issue one return by any means. Uh, I will say I did mostly like the the art. Obviously, the layouts, arguably with the lettering, are a little bit problematic. But I do think mm-hmm. the art generally. I liked how the characters yeah. looked. So they're, I agree. And like I say, for me, it was more the, the lettering placement than yeah. the art that was the problem. All right, Matt, will you rate it? Six point five. Connor. Five point five. I feel like I'm just being diplomatic by saying six, but I was thinking six. Yeah. So six split, out of ten. Split the poll. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> Unstoppable Doom Patrol issue two. Up next, uh, this is uh, Dennis Culver writing with Chris Burnham on the art. Mm-hmm. So uh, interesting issue. This so interest is a new character. Well, it's a, I think it's a new character. Yeah. Uh, this this sort of kid like Meta who's got like worm. a worm that has in, with, with inside his stomach. Yeah, called Velvet. And super creepy. Did not like that image of the worm being cased in the stomach. Yeah, yeah. it's it's very. Doom Patrol weird. It's very Doom mm-hmm. Patrol. This issue is kind of two things. It's mostly, here's their base now that's underground, mm-hmm. and then it's good look at that, and you've got Flex Mentalo in there, you got um, just... They're you know, definitely not the X-Men. <laughs> you got definitely Nails. Definitely not. The, the direct shot at the X-Men uh-huh. cover books in this actually yep. made me laugh out loud, and is the funniest thing I've read in comics in like yep. weeks. Oh yeah, because uh, Niles is trying to like gain control back because he's there uh-huh. as a consultant, and he goes to uh, you know, the chief, the the uh-huh. you know, the, the chief character that's part of Jane's group, right? And he hands her a paper. Yes, and and it cuts to a page. I I panicked. I panicked when I saw this page. It's got a symbol at the top. It's all this yeah. white you know white page with black text with a symbol uh-huh. from the desk, and it's in the exact same formatting as the Xbox. Uh-huh. And I was yeah. like, oh no. Please don't tell me we're doing this in this mini. Right. And then the very next panel is, <laughs> yeah. I'm not reading any more of your endless memos, Niles. Yeah. And I lost it. Yeah, but the thing that it proposes is they split the team in two, uh, Doom yeah. Patrol White and Doom Patrol Orange. And oh, my it, God. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just so funny. funny. X-Men. With uh, a field team and, uh, yeah. Yeah. But the other uh, big thing this is doing is that this uh, character, Worm, turns out, because obviously we teased that uh, mm-hmm. Suicide Squad led by... Uh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker, thank you. Uh, were, you know, on the, on the case. Like, they were coming after Doom Patrol. Turns out that Worm was infiltrating on their behalf and mm-hmm. doesn't like it because he, he's basically realized, wait, these are weirdos like me. This would actually be a good home for me. And mm-hmm. it's a really sad ending because after he sends his, his Worm Velvet to go and do some spying, uh, when he tries to rebel, Peacemaker's like, well, we're going to blow up your head because you're rebelling. And... Mm-hmm. The Doom Patrol say, oh, we're blocking the signal, but it won't keep for long. But we knew you'd infiltrated. If you told us sooner, mm-hmm. we could have helped you better. And it has this really sad ending where the kid does die. D- Robot Man throws him out of the sky for the, the head <laughs> explosion. Not just throws him, he fastball specials him into the sky. <laughs> That's true, yeah. yeah. Um, so it doesn't hurt anyone else. But it's like, hey, take care of my warm velvet. Uh so mm-hmm. this kid dies. Like, there's actually a shot of this kid flying through the air right before you but see a white okay, because the next up. page it reveals he wasn't a real kid anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. apparently this worm grows new people or something. It, it's right. constructs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's constructs in that 
But, but but then that tells me was that the worm talking or is it the kid talking? Where's their well no because because Peacemaker says the uh, the constructs always grow a conscience. Yeah, so oh, that's right. so 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 you're saying it doesn't matter, but it does kind of because it did become it sentient. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, but uh, it's still a living being in that sense. Semantics. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell you how much more I enjoyed this than Green Arrow. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, for sure. That's so good. For sure. Not even um, close. <laughs> the the new guy, uh, what, what's his name? That the uh, the Lazarus Planet special was degenerate. Yeah. Him saying that he's not going to do what they effing want and stuff. And oh yeah. Beast Girl's reaction to all of that. It's or even the therapist. The, the therapist who like calls upon herself in five Ooh. dimensions. Terry. Oh yeah. The dude in in the think tank. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just into it. Yeah, so you, you guys are more versed in Do Patrol. Was the Think Tank like a thing before, or is this something that Culver is setting up? No, I think it? so, because this is Think Tank 2, right? So yeah, they rebuilt yeah. it. Yeah, I, I can't tell. I don't know the backstory of this, but yeah, okay. it definitely feels like they're pulling on something from before. Yeah, I, well, because I feel like a lot of these characters I saw people on Twitter talking about are like based off of other Doom Patrol characters. Oh, for sure. I mean, from, you, from you, the there's also a sad intro here where Robot Man goes to vet Dorothy's grave, and I thought that was a really mm-hmm. touching little interludes as well how does this work for for someone who hasn't like like matt like who hasn't got a history with doom patrol did it still play uh you're you're assuming i didn't immediately look up who this character was <laughs> well, I, okay. I, I, before I you looked it up did it play it's just hey this grave. it was just like somebody that was close to him that was no longer around think, that the, to me, the rest of the team knew this is probably like reading a modern x-men book when it sort of starts fresh mm-hmm. where they still have to kind of like respect and acknowledge the history that the And then you have no through. idea what's going on three issues in anyway. <laughs> but no, Something about Krakoa. Well, the good X-Men <laughs> ones do work though. Like you know, the ones that yeah. I've enjoyed do work even if there's, there's like, still this history behind it. When yeah. when I first got back into comics, I was going to like Barnes and Noble and buying up trades. And it was like the the new X-Men, like the, the they had just been decimated, you know, the numbers were down. And I hopped onto this new team, had no idea. But you know. I know who Beast is and Colossus, of course, but it was about more the new kids and what they were going through, and it worked just as well. So Pete saying that it feels like that, that's kind of what it reminds me of, of that era, you know, post-Destination. It's, just, it's so funny that every so often we get one of these books from DC that's so mm-hmm. clearly like, hey, this is this is a Marvel book in disguise. Yeah. Like, obviously, we had the uh, the Terrifics. Yeah. Um, the, the, oh, this is definitely not a Fantastic Four book. Don't worry about it, guys. Yeah, but I like X Men more than Fantastic Four, so in a way, this is uh. Well, but Doom Patrol's really always been the comp to X Men, right? Like oh, even for sure. Well, yeah, this is this is really in, in a more satirical sense. If anything, the right. actual comparison back in the day was New Teen Titans and X Men were the two right. correlated books. Right. Whereas this is more like now we're kind of poking fun and satirizing yeah, X Men, and, and this is get... still doing that. Like I say, with without page with the formatting, and then being like, we're yeah. not doing that shit. Because yeah. this is kind of like, oh, like we're X Men, but we're weirder, we're, we're creepier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've got you know, we've got ass all more monsters locks. running around and shit like that. Yeah. Like you know, we've yeah, got... the therapist with the, that was pulling from the fifth dimension of the five different imps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a that page was a whoof nightmare fuel. So, also, I always yeah. say how much I'm loving the art. It's got like a, a heavy inks. It's, it always kind of reminded mm-hmm. me of. Obviously, it's not the exact same. It's not as cartoony, but. Mm-hmm. It's giving me a slight Scotty Young kind of vibe with the. Yeah, I, I can see that. Let's yeah. see where you're going with, yeah. Yeah, especially with the uh, the the new like uh, Beast Girl character. She looks very yeah. Scotty Young esque. This is it's 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 very, very typical Burnham work here for me, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. 
I think he's great when he's on the right book. He they kept putting him on Batman books for a while, and I just do yeah, not he think on, he su- suits. Didn't it. he just do the Tom Taylor, the night, not the night. No, um, no, that? that was um, I was doing Domenico. No, oh, no. Gee, Domenico did that one. I was thinking the yeah, yeah. the globe trotting one. That was the last yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. Matt's talking about the the Tom with, Taylor with one, which was um. Oh, that was somebody else. That was uh. Yeah. Well, Marquez, maybe. Was that Marquez? Was it Kubert? Okay. Oh, it was Kubert. Yeah. 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 So, it definitely wasn't uh, Burnham anyway. No. <laughs> no but I, just, I remember Burnham past, though, and doing like, a bat book that was weird. The, it was a weird fit. So. Yeah, like, they've, they've tried him on a few bat books, and I don't think it ever... It's, no. it, again, it's not that he's bad. It's not that... I, I just don't think fit. his style just really hits that right. vibe, but putting him on something just a little bit off-kilter, like Doom mm-hmm. Patrol... Oh, yeah. Perfect. Well, because his, his Robot Man is very expressive despite being robot man right yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's all body language and it's of, all there's a lot of heart in them there's a lot of heart mm-hmm. in all the characters like they're all very likable jane yep. or not jane sorry uh rita with with flex and they're sort of snuggling up is, was very like is that something new too i don't think that's new no i think there's, there's that because okay. that two-page layout where uh the worms going through the the vents yeah. and it kind of takes you around the different rooms mm-hmm. it sort of snakes around until it eventually gets to uh the think tank stuff like that was a great page. Just seeing them all doing different things, and mm-hmm. again, there's this kind of like sadness to Doom Patrol, but it's kind of hopeful because there are a bunch of weirdos mm-hmm. who are making a place for themselves, who are finding a family, and right. that's very much the the heart of Doom Patrol. And it kind of is in every version, whether it's the TV show, whether it's the the Morrison run. Yeah. they've all got that quality. The the one panel that got me was Trainer in his in his sleep mm. thing. Oh, you know, him he's... asleep. The uh, the spirit just doing like a. A yoga pose, and then yeah. the dog just in the bed. Yeah. yeah. If, if oh, what, see if they want to turn this into an ongoing. If it does well, I'm more than more than far at DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really uh, enjoy it for for a, a concept that the last time I tried to read a Doom Patrol did not make yeah. it far. Put put uh, so, Green Arrow back to six issues and yes. give this the ongoing stuff. This is yes. I think this is more accessible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, than, than the previous Doom Patrol book, yeah. Yeah, Green Arrow could turn into a good book after a dodgy first act, or even just a dodgy first yeah. issue. It's entirely possible, but this yeah. is already good two issues in. I've already enjoyed mm-hmm. both of these issues a lot. Also, yeah. the fact that this is the next issue is uh, The Fast and the Nebulous. That's funny. Yes. That's funny already, which means that the issue's going to be... It has to be a funny issue. Which, you mm-hmm. know, and as someone who just had to watch the first five Fast and the Furious movies, uh, like, well, I appreciate it. It's fine, because you've got five more to watch. Yeah, but not for two years because we're doing the rest when the eleventh movie's coming out. Which, by yeah. the way, can just all right. Since we're on this topic, right? <laughs> the naming of that Why franchise. Why did you do this, Connor? I'm naming... sorry. I'm sorry that it was in the book. <laughs> the naming of that franchise, where it's, it's one of the worst like series of names ever. It was already terrible, and the the capper and all. Right. So this is what it's been so far. The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious. Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Furious Seven, The Fate of the Furious, F9, Fast X. The capper to all this is that the 11th movie is not Fast 11 or Fast and Furious 11 or anything. No, the last one is going to be called Fast X Part 2. I really wish they would have done the part two. I'm, I'm telling you, they're taking inspiration from anime. I, I I filled Pete in on this recently that there's a horrible trend mm-hmm. of um anime season titling. Uh the the, the, the Kappa is Attack on Titan, which is uh, I mean, even a passing familiarity in anime is like oh no, it's one of the most popular in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um so that had like it had season one, 
okay, fine. Had season two. And then it was, I think it was either season three or season four where they did it, but it was like, it, they didn't call it season three. It was Attack on Titan, the final season. Then it turns out they wanted to do more. So they went Attack on, on Titan, the final season, part two. Oh, and then it turns out they wanted to do more. The attack, attack on Titan, the final season, part three, part one. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's just like, wait, wait—is this not over yet? There's, there's more parts every time. I mean, fate, fate of the Furious bringing it back to those movies is the most egregious because I know what they did with the fate with the F and the eight, but there's actually no eight I, I, no, in that. Time. That would have been fine if it was the final movie. Yeah, right, right. But it wasn't, and then they came back with F nine, which <laughs> sounds like you're saying screw, screw <laughs> that movie F nine, you know. Yeah. So, uh... you know, and I say this as someone that I, I do love most of those movies. They're awful movies, and I love them. Yeah, I just I got the trailer last week for Fast Ten, and I was like, okay, look. I, I, I will. I'd never seen the fifth one before. The fifth one was yeah. usually the best of the five. Which one's the fifth one? That's five. Uh, That's the one. Yeah, no, no, no. But which which one happens Heist. now? Oh, the, okay. That's the heist. heist it's the heist with the vault. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. And and he and, and it's um him yelling, "This is Rio." But I'll tell you this though, yeah. one in three are garbage. Like they are such trash. Yeah. Like they are like point break with cars, and then well, yeah. the, the third one's even more point break though, yeah. because there's scenes yeah. where they go, "It's all about drifting." I love, I love to drift around those cars. Like when you're in a drift, it's it's like they're talking about surfing. You know, when they're talking about mm-hmm. being on the waves and they feel the weightlessness and all that shit. Yeah. That's what they're talking about with drifting. It is laughably bad, mm-hmm. and they somehow found an actor who was worse than Paul Walker to be the yeah. lead in that movie. It's it's oh, it's. Back one. So let, let me just tell you, my my gym has a cardio gym where they have a movie playing on a big screen. You can go in there and do cardio. I have never seen it more full than the other day when they were playing Tokyo Drift. Now, I don't know what that says. <laughs> I don't know if it's just maybe all the other machines were taken and people found themselves in there <laughs> during Tokyo Drift, or they for went, some hey, reason Tokyo Drift's on and it yeah. appeals to gym bros. They have horrible things. So anyway, if but you yeah. want my more uh, embellished thoughts in the Fast and the Furious I'm, movies... Uh, I'm glad you, you feel that Fast Five is the best one, because that is my favorite. I can't those, watch them all now. Out of those five, I've not seen... Yeah. Uh, is it, which, which is the one that ends on the, the, the chase on the big bridge? Is that five or is that six? That's not... That's five. Well, well five, five ends. Five, five does five end in a bridge. That's the vault. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. That, that one is fun, yeah. Yeah. Six, six I think, involves jets... And stuff going through. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. Okay. I think that's the super long runway, or or is that seven? I get those I've, two I've confused. I've seen up to like seven or eight. Yeah, just just wait for the forever runway, Pete. You will you will be cackling. The uh, the spinoff as well, Pete. Eventually, shot. yeah, yeah, we'll be getting yeah. to the, but we, we just did the first five for this one coming out. Yes. We'll do the rest up until he, the new one. When he the hasn't one even out. met Shaw yet. Oh man. <laughs> so. Yeah, that that was on most yesterday. guy Ritchie character in a non guy Ritchie movie. Yes, that that one was on yesterday, and it was the part where where um, they go to Samoa and they meet all of his cousins. Mm-hmm. So Again, not a good movie. It's it's a great it's it's a fun superhero movie. It has Idris uh, Elba yelling, "I'm Black Superman." <laughs> so yes. Anyway, what are you rating Doom Patrol? <laughs> Uh, eight point five. Unstoppable Doom Patrol issue two. Yes. I should say eight point five. All right, Connor. Uh, also going to go with the eight point five. A lot of fun. I think eight point mm-hmm. five is a perfect score. It's uh, it's laying a lot of groundwork. I'm loving the characters. I'm enjoying the art. Also, before we went on the tangent, I wanted to say stuff about Jane. 
where she's talking to herself in the mirror about people getting to be in control. So I like that there's more going on with her. Yeah, too. A, basically Jane's unhappy that this yeah. chief character is at, at the surface. Yeah, uh, and, so and all the other personalities seem to agree with Jane, right? Mm. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. But yeah. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. All right, Blue Beetle Graduation Day, issue six, uh, Josh Trujillo and Adrian Gutierrez uh, on the art. So, Matt, you read this. Tell us about yeah. it. Yeah, so this is the final issue, and uh, Jaime and uh, his scarab have made up now. And what, uh, what everyone thought was a reach invasion is the horizon, what now looks like they're coming in for an invasion. So Jaime has to talk with the Justice League in order for them to like, just trust me. Um, I know that my uh, beetle was going haywire, but I, I got this, but I'm going to need your guys' help. So uh, Jaime flies up into space and, and helps stop this, this gigantic ship from, from making landing uh, on earth. And um, the other beetles start going around with the heroes and trying to, Keep Palmera City intact. Well, John, John Lennon, Paul McCartney. Uh... Yes, those Beatles, but no, no. no the, the I just, green. I wasn't paying attention. The then I just heard, You're and fine. the other Beatles. I was like, yes. <laughs> right. So the the basically the Horizon Beatles, right? You have Natita, and um, I can't remember the other one, uh, but it was the first one that he fought, right? And so, um, they they're going around, and like one of them bonds with the Flash, and the other one bonds with Black Condor. Um, and they finally, the, uh, ship lands and the horizon come out. Um, but not before Jaime basically expends all of his energy, the beetle or his scarab warns him, like, you, you know, you're, you're, we have no energy left. This is, you know, crazy. You're not going to make it. He pushes through anyways. And then that, you know, Superman catches him. Um, and that's when the, uh, the ship lands. By the way, the other one is not Paul McCartney. It's Dynasties and uh, Natita, just for the record. And so... I don't when, think anyone uh, was considering that that was a serious I point. I cared, though. I cared, though. And so when the Horizon land, um, they realize that... Jaime realizes that, like, you know, they're not conquerors. They're, you know, they're refugees. And, you know, they're coming to Earth because they've heard of all the other heroes. Um, but they said that they can't stay here because, um, the blue beetle still exists because he's a reach agent. And even though the other two dynasties and Natita vouch for him, the horizon aren't going to, you know, believe. So he goes to, to talk to him and, you know, he gets Superman's vouching and, you know, uh, their leader is named Ood, O-O-O-D. Um, not, and he not sees, to be confused, I assume, with the uh, the species of alien in Doctor Who, the Ood. Maybe that's where they're inspired from. His name is Ood Abar, and he's the shepherd of the horizon. Um, but he sees the House of L um, on on Clark, and um, goes, "Oh yeah, we heard of you. You helped repel the, the Reach of Asian." And Superman's like, "Yeah, but I did it with his help. He's actually a good guy." Um, and so uh, Jaime, <laughs> this is what cracks me up here. Palmyra City is the city he just moved to for summer to work with his aunt, right? Yet he invites the Horizon to stay there now, right? Um, and and Superman's 
you know, he looks at him proudly and is like, yeah, you know, I think we can work on this. And um, uh, Starfire is like, well, who's going to guide them? Who's going to, like, this is going to be a lot of work. And this is where Ted's sister, Victoria, comes down uh, out of the bug and is like, look, you know, uh, we're already set up here in Palmyra City. I think we can make this work, even though, you know, Blue Beetle stole from me, helped to lead into a break in. Um, and yeah, so it ends up with Superman talking with Jaime that, you know, you you are a hero no matter what. Stop self-doubting. You know, you have everyone here to, you know, to back you up. Um, so the issue ends with with Jaime and Starfire, you know, taking a call to go meet up with the. Uh, uh, all the other people on a roof because they're celebrating, you know, the uh, celebrating the horizon, uh, getting established there. And it ends with them taking a big group picture. And that now, you know, this is his graduation. He, you know, he finally found his purpose and that's to help them get settled. And, and it's all super nice. And uh, it's a real, again, I feel like the whole graduation day gimmick kind of got overplayed a little but it is a nice uh, sentiment here at the end that Jaime finally found his purpose that he's not just going to live in Ted's shadow as the you know the alien blue beetle you know he has his own group of people now uh, he has mentors and like Starfire and Superman um, and to go along with Ted uh, also shocked that Victoria didn't end up being the villain because she kind of had some sinister vibes throughout so when she comes down from the from the bug it was kind of surprising uh, but there's a post-credit scene, and uh, I don't know, Pete, if you remember the thief character from two issues ago that got Jaime to break into Court Industries. I, I forget his name. We find out what he stole, and uh, this is where the the lack of knowledge uh, is going to come up. Is some lady, some redhead, comes up out of the bag that he stole. Um, and and says you know, that she's gimmicks, to which the 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 magician person is like, oh, I thought you were supposed to be dead. Um, and uh, as the next panel reveals, like a demonic like shadow standing over, because he goes, you know, good, you have powers, because we're all in big effing trouble. Uh, to be continued in the Blue Beetle Scareboard number one. So hmm. no idea who this gimmicks character is, why she was locked away in cord um didn't have time to look it up um but yeah very very entertaining uh, story um hopefully it pairs well with the movie because i know the movie is set in palmyra city so it does feel like this was meant to come out you know have a little bit of synergy with it especially the inclusion of, of victoria cord so um yeah art's still still really well the action sequences are well handled seeing the heroes go through the city you know jaime basically sacrificing himself to to bring the, the ship in. Uh, I'll, I'll really good. I'll give this a 7.5. Okay. Cool. Uh, so that takes out the part of the show. Every month on patreon.com slash TV, you can make myself or Connor read a book at one of the higher tiers, and Connor's going to do two books. First up is Tim Drake Robin issue 7, unless he already did that one, in which case it's issue 8. Did you figure it out, Connor? It, it's issue 7. It's issue seven. Okay, you almost skipped one. I, I did almost skip one, but I didn't. <laughs> so it's fine. Okay. Wouldn't do that, would I? Never. 
Mind <laughs> you, this was after last week him telling us he's up to date, and that was a lie. So I figured out why I thought that. Yeah. Uh, it's because I looked on uh, DC Infinite, and mm-hmm. I was up to date on there. Oh. Which is actually a month behind, obviously. Um, right. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's where that confusion came from. First things first, it is not Rosmo on art. <gasps> it is uh, Serge Acuna. Which... There's going to be a hasty message from uh, David and the next day said, oh, it's not Rosmo anymore, he's, he's shifting, he's shifting to that. Too, too late, too late, I've read this one now. Tough shit, David, you get what you get. <laughs> it's fine, oh, I still boy. hate it. <laughs> okay, uh, well, hang on. Let me clarify. Do not hate the art. Sergio Cunha is actually really great. He makes everyone look like an anime character, um, which is kind of weird. Um, not like a... It's a specific kind of anime style. Like, it's with the... Uh, kind of like the, the, the sharp angle on the noses, so, stuff like that. Uh, really, really sharp jaw lines. Um, I don't hate it, though. I, I, I quite like the way it looks. I think it's a really dramatic shift for this book. Characters are very expressive. They look great. It's so, so drastic going from Rosmo, the most rounded of artists, right? You know, if you think Rosmo, you think big round heads, big chins that are really round. And this is sharp angles everywhere and significantly more to my taste. Um. <laughs> However, I still don't like the Ryan, so it's kind of irrelevant. Um, this issue is actually not really an issue of Robin. It's 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 Bernard's issue. Uh, it's all his narration. It's his point of view. Um, the, the whole deal is they're going out for dinner, and it's got a, a relatively smart structural thing where the issue is broken up into the different stages of the night, while also correlating to the different stages of a meal. So it's start, like the first thing you see is it, you know a big big text that says apatif, and then it has you know a little definition noun you know uh, you know breaks down what an apatif is, but then obviously that it relates to the introduction of the issue, and uh, then you know you have uh, the entree which again is something that Americans do differently to the rest of the world because to Americans the entree is the starter essentially mm-hmm. uh, to the no, rest of the appetizers, world appetizers right, so an entree comes. Like, that's your main meal. Yeah, the entree is the main course. Yeah, yeah but they they have a different thing for this. It, it, it okay. is the uh, in in you know in this is the the plat principle, which is the uh, the uh, the main course. It sounds like the menu is making me mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then um, and they had the, the next section is the salad, and and I quote necessary for any menu sometimes after the main course, to help with digestion. Which is different, of course, to the, uh, the digestif, which is not to help with digestion. Because why would it be? Uh, uh, oh, boy. Yeah. Um, and then there's dessert, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To be fair, mm-hmm. I used to think entrees sounded like more like a starter, just the word. It does, but <laughs> I forget the exact term why it's called that still. Because yeah, it's not really—I don't think it's used mean. as much in the UK. It's definitely something that yeah. Americans use more on their menus. That's obviously it's not an American word. I'm not saying that, but no, but yeah, it, it does reek of something that was on a French menu one yeah. time, and every other restaurant started to take it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. 
<laughs> it is the starter, I'm sure, in in in, in France. Is it the starter in France? I'm okay. sure it's it's the en- the on the entree the the entrance. Yeah, it's, it's it's the sounds, beginning yeah. of the meal. If anything, entree also sounds kind of like platter to me because it sounds like a tray of things. Here, have a have a like a selection. Uh, on, on, it's on a tray. It's on a tray. It's the entree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I'm sure it is for stars. It probably um, it probably is. Yeah, I'm sure we use it interchangeably with appetizer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but on an American menu, entree means the main course. Yeah, because it's wedged between, you know, the appetizer and the dessert, making it, yeah. But still, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think that's um, Americans doing it wrong. Of course. Yeah, because entree means introductory. Yes, entrance. So, right, that's, right. I assume where right. entrance comes from in, in terms of... Right, I know, I'm just as, the, as I'm reading it, how it ended up that way. So Americans bastardized it like they did everything else with the language? Well, we are the bastard country, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, all right. You keep talking, I'm going to read this article and we'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm going to order some food <laughs> because this has made me hungry. Yeah, sorry. Um, I, I actually think it's a really stru- smart structure for the issue to kind of have the, it broken down like this. But ultimately, I, I just don't think the issue's that entertaining. So it's they go to dinner, they go to this fancy meal. Are you on Robin still? Is this what we're on? Yeah, is? yeah. Okay. So <laughs> why are we talking about entrees and stars? I don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah, they're going for this fancy meal that they've got into because Bruce knows people, obviously, and Tim's kind of a Wayne. Um, but it turns out, all of, by coincidence, uh, Bernard's parents are also there, and he's not spoken to them in like a year properly. I don't know if he's not spoken to them or he's just not like gone out with them anywhere, like not had time with them. But yeah, they're, they're not on speaking terms. And before this, LeBron's like, oh, we should go. Kind of fireflies on the loose. He's been attacking places lately. This sounds dangerous. And oh, lo and behold, firefly attacks. Um, he's also working with someone else that, that causes people to kind of spot out their phobias as if they were real, uh, which leads to uh, Bernard's dad shouting at him that it would be better if he'd never been born in this very dramatic moment while the restaurant is on fire. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a lot of like this family drama for him. And it's fine. I'm not saying that he shouldn't have development. He's obviously an important side character in this book. But this is the, the entire issue is just him and his parents and it's just uh, not that interesting at the end of the day uh, the most in, uh, inter- say interesting the most important part of the issue is the end where it turns out well it turns out through his inner, inner narration that we we learn that um he knows that tim's robin he's just waiting for tim to tell him but not he's like, i'm not gonna say anything i'm gonna wait for him to feel comfortable with telling me but he he he's figured it out because Tim's not that good at keeping the secrets, which is not that surprising. Um, yeah, hashtag yeah. Worst Robin. Look, he's, he's not out there whipping <laughs> his cowl off for everyone, but... <laughs> oh, like Barry, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah just like Barry. Um, I'm just saying but... he's the one Robin who hasn't died. Uh, actually, on Flash, there was a story this week that said uh, Grant Gustin will not have a cameo in the Flash movie, <laughs> and I'm like, shrug, who cares? Uh, second, because there was no time. There was, there was no time to have him in the movie, is, that, is, is what they claimed. Uh, <laughs> and secondly, uh, James Gunner keeps getting asked, will Ezra Miller stick around as the Flash? And his response was basically, like, well, we'll see what happens. It basically said, like, definitely not, but I can't say no, that before no, the movie comes I, out. I disagree. 
the answer is above his pay grade, even as high as he is, the answer is above true, his pay grade, true. and the answer is depends on if the Flash makes money or not. I actually don't think it does. I think it's so risky keeping Ezra around to like sort of spearhead and be the head of a franchise that I think that even if it does well, they'll still just move it. They just don't want to rule it out before the movie comes out so people won't write off the movie as, as being something that's worth it to go see. It's possible, yeah. That's how I'm. That's how. Well, that's my guess right now. But People I mean, you could be right. See this movie, though, it's not a real movie. It's not. And oh, did you see what they did? There was a clip that came out where Michael Keaton's like, "Let's get nuts," and I'm like, uh, yeah. "Is that a catchphrase now?" Because he said it once in the so, goddamn Batman. It's because it's, it's a meme. It's a meme. And and one of the funnier memes I've seen out of that was it was that of him saying, "Let's get nuts," and then a bunch of old guys getting hyped. I. And it was, <laughs> it was so funny. I, I hate this. Just. Make the nostalgic reference, and that's all you need to do. It's just a movie of nostalgic references, but those actual story piss it off. Anyway, continue your commentary. Um, I'm pretty much done. It's it's okay. like it's it's probably it's a least offensive issue, partially because no Rosmo, partially because it's not doing anything horrific with Tim's character. It's just the two of them out on a date, and then Bernard's family drama, which is just not that interesting. Uh, you know, the, the the family drama that is, it's just not that interesting to me. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's not the worst issue. It's it's still like a five, probably. And I'm being generous with the art, bringing it up because the art is nice, even it's even if it's very anime expressive, and a drastic shift from what the book was before. It's vastly more to my tastes. Um. Yeah, yeah, five. Okay. Uh, and then the other Patreon book you did was Undiscovered Country issue twenty four. I did. It's finally the end of this arc, which I'm kind of glad for. Not that I disliked this issue, but this arc has been kind of really all over the place. It does come together, but not not super satisfyingly. Not as much as other arcs. Um, you do get. Graves and Charlotte get to the the timeline where the others are and you know the, the, it picks up right where we were last time where Ace was in the big giant mech buzz kind of taking him out and he just straight up murders old Janet and Chang the old versions of them and the younger one's like why'd you do that you just killed them and he's like well yeah they were about to tell you why you murdered me in the first place so why would i let them do that because then you might murder me it's like self-defense and they kind of shrug it off and go yeah i i guess so um old chang as he's like dying does give young chang like a i think it's like a phone or a note or something i think it's a phone with the the light on it which i assume is going to come back up and they'll have Maybe what the what the reason was on it, what that caused this in the first place. So I think it will still come up later in the series, which I'm glad about because I was interested in what that reveal would have been. Uh, but it does make sense that it wasn't shown here. Uh, and yeah, it's basically like okay, well we're all together again now. Uh, jobs are good and let's move on. None of this was real anyway, and that's that's the salute the. Uh, the old version of Val, who who gave Ace the the mech, kind of shows up as a hologram. It's like, yeah, look, let him go to to Pavel. Been like, look, just let him go. This was the whole thing. None of us are real. Only they, only they matter. Because this is all. It's 
so is, is this machine that's recreated all of history and it was like to see oh, if we change things what would have gone differently what can we change so this is just essentially one possible future it's all a simulation none of it matters and some of them are kind of self-aware inside that simulation that none of it matters and they're like yeah we could live here and reality is only what we make it and we could we could rule this empire but also yeah there's a, there's an actual reality out there and we could maybe do better so they do let them go and they go to their their next zone and maybe the final zone because they talk about it being near the center of the spiral which is a zone bounty which is where they grow all the crops for America, essentially. I'm really intrigued to see what they do to kind of make it like, okay, what did they do to, to make it seem crazy and like, oh no, this is what we've got to experiment with to feed all of America. We do see the uh, the corn that it's growing is like giant. It's like, m like oak tree sized corn stalks, which is uh, a wild visual. Um, but the, the big twist at the end is... Uh, they seem to get a message from the outside world, uh, from the Pacific Fleet. Well, again, assuming that this is as it appears, that is a, a drastic shift. And it's interesting that it's as they've gotten into the center that these communications have been working, as opposed to when they were on the outside where there was nothing, uh, which means either things are going weird. We know there was some possibly some time dilation anyway inside America versus the outside. So maybe... Technology's changed out there pretty drastically. Maybe things have shifted. Or you know, maybe maybe it is just, okay, they're closer to the outside by being in the center because that's the way out. Uh, or, again, third possibility is it's not real. And uh, we'll see. But that'll be uh, the next arc, uh, which I am looking forward to. I think this was definitely my least favorite arc of the book. Again, it wasn't terrible. It just felt like it lacked focus. Um, but and, and it lacked a... I really like nailing what its theme was. Like the one before with the, the story world and everything kind of playing off that had such such focus of what it was doing with its with its with its themes, with its, with how that reference played off all the characters. This here was well, we could look at some different timelines. We put some in history, some in a future. We'll see how things work out. And I I, I like the idea. I don't think only it quite landed, uh, ultimately. But yeah, the the issue is still like a a seven, I think, because it kind of it's it's still good. Uh, it just isn't as, as satisfying uh, an end of the arc as the others have been. But I'm looking forward to what comes next. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, update. I did order some Japanese food. So uh, everyone posted on the progress. I'm going to cook some pasta one more day. Uh, oh, no, no, I've got, also, I'm going to do the, fried rice. The reason that we call it an entree over here is because of <laughs> cooking methods, right? So that used to be in all the cookbooks. Um, the the rules changed and what basically was the main course kind of shifted to an entree when stuff got to North America, you know, books being what they were. So they just worked with what they have and that's why it's called, uh, the main course here is called an entree. So um, Americans bastardized, bastardized it. Exactly. Connor was spot on. I hate to say that. To serve man. Okay. Uh... Pilot's own reference for anyone who gets it. Mm -hmm. uh, so that'll take us out the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and top five books, or however many, if it's less than that. So, uh, Matt, what was your panel slash moment of the week? Hmm. I did like the hug from Green Arrow. Uh, Action had some cool stuff. Doom Patrol, that was kind of icky with the worm. Uh, I'll, but I'll, 
I'll go with Vandal Savage showing up and uh, tearing that stone out of the old lady's head. That was that was pretty metal. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Oh dear, uh, Kara, what was your moment? Uh, it has to be the shot at the Krakoa X Men with the. Uh, I'm not reading any more of your endless memos after the uh, after the info dump page. That's that is fair. Um, I think uh, I'm probably also going to go Doom Patrol. I'm thinking maybe that two page layout with the uh, the worm going around the, the base mm-hmm. and the vents, and we get to see all the, the different places. I it did a good job of uh, just further cementing the the vibe of what this building it's, is and all the different. It's people. fun how it had two two-page spreads of the building layout in that issue yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah the other one was more just kind of like here's a map of where all the places are that's yeah right more... at the start and then yeah. this was more in-depth following the characters so oh good uh all right uh cover of the week uh not a ton of books to pick from obviously but uh i really like the regular doom patrol cover i also like the variant by uh jorge molina uh, it's a nice with, one, yeah. With the jacket on. I'll probably just mm-hmm. go with the regular action, though. I've been really liking these Steve Beach action covers uh, recently. That's very nice. The, the fist coming up through the Metallo stuff. Yeah, yeah, really simple. Mm-hmm. Just a bit of a green glow on the on the arm. Uh, Matt, what's your cover? Um, I also like the, the Doom Patrol variant. I don't know who it was, though, but it's just a negative man uh, wrapped around. I guess Jeff it was a glow in the dark variant. Huh? Jeff Spokes. Okay. That yeah. one was pretty cool. Um, but mine's going to be from action, but it's not the main cover. It is the, where'd it go? It's, there it is. It's the Talaski super workout. Yeah, Matt covers. can't see the covers a lot of the time in the solicits. That's nope, just him, that's that's him picking is. one of the ones that's missing. He can't see it, but he's just, he's yep, taking no, a hunch. It's no, cause I clicked on it and it disappeared. So let me, it wasn't that one. I just hovered over the wrong thing. It is the Rafa Sandoval. It's Superman with the hammer. So. All right, uh, Connor. Um, shout out to the Frank Cho variant on Green Arrow. It's mm-hmm. just a traditional Frank Cho cover, but it's quite, it's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am going with the um, the Doom Patrol variant, mm-hmm. the uh, the Molina one. I just think ah, oh, it's just a it's just a just a cool image, isn't it? Okay. Cool. Um. All right. Art of the week, Connor. Oh, it's tough because I think for the most part I'd want to give it to Detective, but it's yeah, there's like three eyes. It's a little bit inconsistent. It, you know, again, the 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 two bookends being different artists, they're far enough apart from like the the main chunk of the story that you don't really feel it as much. But it, it was a little bit jarring still. So I'll probably just give it to Doom Patrol because Burnham's doing some great work over there. Yeah, um, is there anything else I'd like to pick? Nah, I don't think so. I think it's going to be Doom Patrol. Matt? Uh, it's a clean sweep. Mine's Doom Patrol. All right. Well, in that case, Matt, hit us with your rankings. All right. Number one is going to be Tech. Number two is going to be uh, Doom Patrol. Three is going to be Action. Four is going to be Blue Beetle. And five is Green Arrow. All right, Connor. Despite having our uh, and panel to Doom Patrol, I'm still going to put issue, of my first issue is, is Tech, and Doom Patrol at two. But it's it's pretty tight. Um, uh, okay. After that, I guess, is Action, and then Green Arrow, because by default, Green Arrow has to be there, but it's stone dead last. Yeah, I'm going with Doom Patrol 
been first place, second place. Uh, yeah, detective, then action, then Green Arrow's last, obviously. So there you go. I'll tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics. We have Batman 125. We've got. 135. Sorry, 135. Quite right. Uh, we got The Flash 798. We have Poison Ivy issue 12. We have Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duo issue 7. We have Adventures of Superman John Kent issue 3. We have Shazam issue 1, the new Mark Wade book. So that should be fun to check out. Uh, we got some free comic book day stuff. We got free comic book day Donna DC Night Terrors issue one. So, uh, is that mm-hmm. an actual necessary thing, or is it just going to be like? I think there's at least part of it's technically, but it should be free online, like on the digital site. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, we got the Joker, the Man Who Stopped Laughing issue eight. Peacemaker tries hard issue one. Still a funny title. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Batman the Audio Adventures issue 6, Dawn of DC, We Are Legends Special Edition issue 1 uh, and then we have Free Comic Book Day 2023, Clark and Lex and Fan Club Batman Squad issue 1, so that's just uh, a tease for those graphic novels yeah. I think Closing a Doctor Yeah, yeah the, the We Are Legends as well is just Free Comic Book Day stuff I think as well that's I just teasing think... the three new books, the uh, Vigil, City Boy, and Spirit World. Spirit World. Um, I Thanks. think those are all the ones that were in the um, in the Lazarus Planet. On those one shots, okay. So those are all yep. new prints. Okay, fair enough. I, I believe so. And then the other free comic book day one, the Night Terrors, is all new original story plus sneak peeks. Yeah, so, so that, that one's more related than worth yep. doing then. Chris Patello on art. Weird. Okay. Uh, well, there I you go. I remember the last time I saw him on a DC. Book. Yeah. But Shazam, I'm excited. Baby, that'll that'll do things. That'll wrap up the show. Uh, thank you for joining us, of course. Let us know what you thought of this week's books in the comments. Like, subscribe. If you want to support all the content, you can do it over at patreon.com slash TV and uh, get yourself maybe some early access to the show, things like that. But uh, that'll do it. So thank you for joining us again. Keep reading DC Comics and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Thank you.